Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to Cow Corner Podcast. With me, the dolly dropper, James Hurl, and the king of the hoppers, Joss Elliott, for your latest dose of all things Shropshire Cricket League. How do, man? Welcome to Cow Corner. Okay, and welcome to episode 11 of the Cow Corner podcast. How are we, Joss? I'm alright, thank you, James. How are you? I'm really good. Uh, I'm really looking forward to getting into this uh, podcast as it's... um, it's caused a lot of a stir on Twitter. It's been quite hyped up, yes. It should uh, should be a good chat. So, um, coming up on tonight's episode of the Cow Corner Podcast, we welcome John Ashton. We talk everything from his cricketing career to your questions that you've asked him from Twitter. We get a scoring masterclass from Holly and Claire Eccleston, and we ask them about their Ashes adventure, where Holly scored in the ashes we do our transfer rumors update as well as all the latest indoor goings on and all of the latest league news so make sure you keep listening to episode 11 of the cow corner podcast let's get underway and i think it's best that we kind of introduce who we've got in the studio with us today joss okay in the studio as you call it we've got uh, our regular guest jamie martindale from beacon and i'm delighted to welcome a good friend of mine and very highly respected umpire a level c birmingham league umpire john ashton Oh, ripple of applause. <laughs> that's the first for everything <laughs> Um, so before we get underway uh, with the podcast, there's been a few bits that have been going on. Um, 
since we've last recorded, there's been a few incomings and outgoings at various clubs, which we're going to get get into later on. Um, oh, I thought we were starting with the transfer rumours. <laughs> Jamie no, loves the transfer rumours. <laughs> it, it's your spot, isn't it? It is. This is where I shine. But yeah, we've um, we've actually started doing an open net for people, uh, which we've opened up on for people every Tuesday at uh, Shrewsbury School. Uh, so if anyone is interested, do drop us a message on Twitter and maybe something that we follow on into January. And it's just a good way that uh, people who are interested and want to keep playing their cricket and keep getting nets can get involved with. And that's been going on. Um, the process for Cow Corner Live is still continuing and um, making good steps. We've been offered a venue and... Uh, yeah, quite a lot of excitement going. And also, we've got some ideas for some uh, T-shirts and jumpers that we've got, Joss. <laughs> yeah, so I, I haven't been able to make the nets yet, um, James. I mean, Tuesday's not ideal because of my commitments to the Sundorn Indoor League. But have you been having many turn up? I know you had a few Wem lads, didn't you, for the first one? Yeah, first one we had um, a few lads from Wem. We had a couple of Kund lads, a couple from Alverbury and... Um, I think that was it for the first one. The second one we had players from Monty, Kund, um, Wem, Albury, Mary and <laughs> and Bonsbury, oh, yeah. <laughs> and Bonsbury as well. Um, so yeah, it's and by the looks of the messages that we've been getting, I think next week we may be getting people from Brosley, Welshpool, all sorts. So really? it could be wow. spiraling out of control, mate. I know we're going to have to get a bigger net. How session. many lanes do you have? <laughs> well, at the moment we've uh, we've only we've been using the one, or and uh, but all of the lanes have been free whilst we've been I was there. Say, so surely this time of year there's not that much demand, is there? Yeah. So um, Jack Shantry was, I think it was Jack. Yeah, Jack Shantry was doing his uh, private private session with some lad whilst we were doing it and that's the only other person did you try and get him to over <laughs> I tried uh, he's too busy being a very good umpire in the Birmingham <laughs> is he? Is that yeah. what, is he? Jack yes, Hansley, he, yeah. he won yeah, um, he's t- he, was the, he was the top umpire yeah was he? yeah, oh, yeah. Good um, yeah top lad and his first year in the panel same as me mm. and uh, yeah Kind of top of the uh, top of the trick. Yeah, I saw he won some some sort of award, but you know, yeah, it's good. It's good to see that people are once they're finishing up are going into getting into the umpiring, which is something that we're going to go on to later on as well. And um, yeah, we've had a bit more kind of like feedback from the league restructure, but before that, um, I went to the AG. How was it, James? I, I couldn't. I had, um, in fact, I think I did. Yeah, indoor cricket again that night, but. Um, any, any groundbreaking talk- news to um to you're talking about the league AGM yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. the SCCCL yeah. the AGM um which yeah I turned up to just on time and no yeah it's quite interesting and quite nice to see um the who's who of Shropshire cricket really and uh, nice to see some awards being given out to certain teams and things but yeah there was um quite an interesting start to proceedings where um the league kind of gave people a bit of a dressing down about activity on social media. So when you say activity on social media, I mean, were, were we targeted, for example? Is it, who, who was it aimed at in particular? Not, not that I know of. Um, I was very worried at one point that we, that we would be. But um, no, I think, I think the general kind of consensus was that they had um, talked about everything. It was, they were talking in regards to the league restructure and they were basically saying that they weren't very happy with the reactions that people were giving on Twitter and Facebook and all sorts 
and um, that basically people should be wary of what they say and that um, obviously because they are volunteers in the league that um, you know that people should if they want to have their opinion heard that they should join the committee uh, but also kind of that they decided that because of the nature and the heated um, kind of nature of what had happened and kind of that it was only a single day that um, all of this all went off that they decided to ignore it which I guess considering the amount of people that were kind of getting into the debate on Twitter kind of means that half of the half of the Shropshire cricketing uh, fraternity can still play but they decided to ignore that but they did send out a warning that any future kind of um, disagreements with uh, on verbally disagreements in in the way that were kind of voiced on social media will be punished uh, uh, and I actually get that to be fair and uh, as they said they are volunteers and they're you know they do it out of the goodness of their hearts but I also do really hope that we're not in their thoughts when they're saying things like that because I, I I think we go out of our way to mm. not diss the league or the yeah. committee um, I think we state facts but I don't think we've ever mm. slated that I certainly haven't I, you know I've got nothing but admiration for the job they do mm. um, in their own time you know I think I think I think the main thing that came across to me is kind of like it's you know if people want to have their voice heard then they were kind of very openly showing people that there is a door we don't we we try to we try to be on the fence in a way we kind of want to show both sides of the story we want to kind of voice the uh voice the concerns of the players you know because that's that's who our who our audience is for but also at the same time if we can help communicate the league's point of view and help people understand that and kind of make it a coherent you know community where we can all work together and that works a lot better and um what are your thoughts on this jamie do you think no i think i think you're right i think cow corner podcast is like you said the players generally are the audience aren't they the target mm. audience and we do try and give positives and potential negatives mm. to any issues relegation obviously being the big talking point at the moment yeah. but um, I do think we try and remain as completely impartial as we can almost too, mm. uh, too one sided towards the league at times if I'm mm. being honest I think mm. Joss and Andy in particular regularly say on the podcast you know um, we think the league do a fantastic job yeah. um, and in fact that, that was some of them I don't know if we're going on to feedback shortly mm. but some of the major feedback we got from the last podcast was mm. we were too too nice to the league I mean mm. Yeah, yeah which, is, which is what I mean, which I, which I actually yeah. probably agree with. Yeah, I, yeah, I did, I did have a few people who came up to me and were like calling me a league apologist and things like this. <laughs> the nicest uh, thing you've ever I been called. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so it was kind of, it was, it was, it was kind of interesting because I did feel like we kind of tried to put both sides of the story across, but also kind of. I think I think one of the things that well we were we were in the pub last night for Joe Yap's birthday and I was kind of saying to John that one of the things that I think is that we get a lot of we get a lot of communication from the league and we so when the restructure happened we weren't as surprised as anyone else but I could understand how people who don't have that kind of information regularly uh, could you know be surprised. It's the of, moment reaction, yeah. isn't it? There are some really good people that do a lot of work on that league. Yeah, uh, and and they really, really do, um, and sometimes I think that is lost. Yeah, yeah, that, quite uh, right. And and that should be bear in mind. And they've they've that organisation 
they need to take their time, they need to work out what they're going to do, mm. and that's what they do. Um, and they spend a hell of a lot of time doing it. Mm. And, and, you know, I think I, yeah. I can understand where they're going. Yeah, where yeah. They're coming absolutely, from. absolutely. So, you, as you say, you spend a lot of time making some decision about whether promotion, relegation, then you've got mm. someone on Twitter, how dare you do that, blah, blah, blah. It's it's their decision respect it you know they're not they're not paid to make that decision as, as someone who hasn't had kind of their opinion shared on the podcast what is your kind of I know obviously you're an umpire so you can't really say too much but what's your kind of just general kind of um, thoughts on what's happened within the league restructure um, I think a lot of people were in favour of the league restructure when it when it was done uh, obviously with the Birmingham League Taking out the second, uh, the third mm. part, and then it gave it gave Shropshire the chance to restructure, which mm. I think everybody really wanted, and and I think genuinely there was a lot of um, soul searching about the best way of doing that, mm. and you it, and I, I I I my thoughts were that it was it was a case of give it two three years then it will settle mm. down to the way that everybody should be in mm. the right places um, it's, it's it was never going to be a very easy decision and if you came out of that with 90% of it spot on mm. you were doing a magnificent job and uh, to be fair I think they did mm. um, yeah so I mean, clubs uh, like Chirk for example they had to guess because they were new to the league I think they got mm. them bang on they got yeah. promoted oh, yeah, so perfect things and, like and, that. and they and they and they they thought long and hard about it they, they looked at how they were going to do it and there's a lot of good people as I said earlier working to get that and 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 I thought they did a very good job of it and, and you'll never keep everyone happy you're going to upset someone whatever you do I, I think they've made Shropshire cricket stronger yeah to yeah. be honest which is which is what we're about isn't it and I think the, the majority the, the, the kind of the majority of kind of discontent came from teams who had kind of well, who were directly involved yeah directly involved which in that, is I natural think. so yeah. it doesn't it naturally doesn't affect perhaps us four around this mm. table so much because mm. we're not playing for mm. any of the teams that perhaps got relegated for mm. another team to be promoted twice yeah you know so yeah. I, I don't think we naturally would feel as strongly about it mm. um, so I'm actually sort of defending um, some of the clubs there some yeah, of the players yeah, yeah. there but I, but I, 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 do, I, do. I mean, for example, was it when seconds were double promoted? Yeah. Into Division th three. three. I think they'll do well in Division Three. I, yeah, which I which justifies yeah. double promoting yeah, them. Yeah. yeah. You know. But it's at the detrimental effect of somebody else, isn't yeah. it? That's that's. But but. And because it's not us, we don't yeah, perhaps yeah, have yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I did hear that Quat apparently have, um, are appealing. Mm. Because they, they, they're one of the teams yeah. that were relegated against. They yeah, so, appeal, so it'll yeah. be interesting to see what happens with that. It, it does set. I'd be interested to get your thoughts on this, John. It does. It, it does set quite an interesting kind of precedent as to what will happen in the future in regards to teams winning leagues by quite a lot and kind of wondering if they will get the double vote. And it also kind of, I guess. Does it kind of like set kind of like a bit of an uncertainty? Do we think? In well, we think from Nick Broadbent's email, we think the double promotions are potentially here to stay, mm -hmm. aren't they? Because you know we've been assuming that it would even itself out in a year or, or two years, and then it would go back mm -hmm. to what we liked was two up, two mm -hmm. down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but he sort of disagreed with that, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but 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 yeah, I mean, it will naturally level out everyone. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So therefore, if if some team suddenly wins a league by two hundred points, they must have recruited someone really well. So something mm. must have happened yeah. for them to mm. suddenly become so good or so bad. Mm. Which can quite easily be reversed, if you see what I mean. So, yeah. so they might have yeah, yeah, a pro yeah. for a season, which gets them 200 points clear over. So then they're promoted, he leaves, and they're absolute dross in the division above. Mm. It's Well, to be honest, though, actually, when we when we talk of double promotions, it's something that we've actually meant, if you go back pods and pods and pods ago, it's something that we actually mentioned as a, as a possibility, and we kind of thought about whether that, that could happen. And, yeah, it has. And I think, I think whilst we talk about kind of people... Um, understanding the league because the league have done a great job. I think I don't. I don't. I. I. I think I was on record as saying I agree with pretty much most of it. Uh, I think that they've got it spot on again. Um, well, I think most of us do agree with most of it. I think. I think whilst whilst people say um, you've got to kind of appreciate the league, I think there also has to be kind of some sort of appreciation of the teams who have been affected. Well, you know, have been affected. It sounds like a like a crisis thing but you know you you know kind of like an, an acceptance that people you know may react in a certain way as well I think there's must do you think we've got to well, well I mean I'm, well I mean one of, one of the clubs that has been affected by this is Rockstar who, who I've got quite a close affinity to I used to play for them um, I say this every time and Jamie always counteracts me but if you're good enough you'll come back up <laughs> Say it, Jamie, I've got, I've got no comment to make on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the whole of Shropshire cricket. But, but I, you know, I, I, I hope that their their hardcore stay with them, uh, prove themselves in Division Three, bounce back up. Um, what I don't want to see happen, and none of us do, is that they all decide to mm. go elsewhere in the club. There's a lot of history at Rochester. Mm. Yeah, they, they've they've got to keep going. I think. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things that's going to be really interesting. I think uh, one of the biggest things in 2020 the cricket season I think one of the biggest things is going to be how the teams who've got relegated deal with it and bounce back I think you know you see I think you're seeing a lot of club, well you know s certain teams who we're quite got an aff affiliation well not an affiliation with but friends with you know who are losing players and things like this and it kind of it'd be interesting to see how it affects them how people bounce back and whether they can do that, John. I mean, yeah. I mean, the the, the clubs you, you're talking about are, are very, very resilient clubs, um, and they do have the heritage. Um, it it is it is difficult because you know feelings might be different if we were affected by those. Mm. Um, so I think you know you can understand the reaction to that. I can also understand why these things were done. Mm. Um, and you know that's what the that's what the league committee are there to decide to do, mm. and they've done it. Um, and and that should be you know that that's I understand. Mm. Um, but I I think and I hope like like uh, Joss Rockster uh, and the other clubs that you're talking about um, will keep the core and bite and bounce back and come back up um, mm. and and take the bull by the horns as it were and do mm. that. And I think those clubs can do that. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I think that covers like our little introduction and our little <laughs> catch up on everything <laughs> and our little catch up on everything that's been going on. Mm. And now it's on to our next section, which is 
all about John. Okay, so we now move on to our next section, which is um, very imaginatively called <laughs> All About John. A lot, lot of work goes into this podcast, as you can tell. Um, well, we do have a script this week. Uh, yeah, yeah, we? yeah. Oh, do we? All yeah. oh, right. Well, yeah. it's online. I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> where, where is it? Um, it was, yeah, it was kind of the... It's I, actually the, changed the name as well, because it's Ask Ashton. Ask Ashton. <laughs> <laughs> script. All About John. Oh, sorry. Oh. John, Joss is getting ahead of himself. <laughs> so, um, John, for anyone who doesn't know, tell us a little bit about yourself. Ah, I don't know. Where do I start? I've always loved cricket uh, mm. from the age of three. Always loved the game. Um, and uh, it's it's been really good to me. I've met some fabulous people and played some hard games of cricket. Um, and... You know, it's it's been a lot of fun. Mm. Uh, I did play a little bit of rugby as well, um, and I, I just I just like playing sport. Mm. Can I just butt in there? You're underselling yourself, John. John played rugby to an incredibly high standard. Uh, no, you, didn't I, you play no, for sale? Uh, did you play for sale? A little. Yes or no? Uh, did you play for sale? A little. A little. That's yes. Um, but um, I was. Um, I had some. I had a great time at Whitchurch Rugby Club, and then finished at Telford Rugby Club, and two great clubs. And uh, you know, again, met some great people. You know, Dave Marvel, for example, Neil, Neil Owen, mm. some close friends of mine, um, um, and that was a lot of fun. And similarly, you know, with the cricket, uh, with Sentinel playing in the thirds, trying to put something back into that, um, while also umpiring on a Saturday. So I'm still involved in the game. So yeah. that's 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 kind of. That's kind of me. Oh, fantastic. So let's, talking about your cricketing career, because we've mentioned a little bit about your rugby. How did, where did it all start? Where, where, where did you, uh, where did you start off in your cricketing journey? Uh, yeah, it would have been on my drive <laughs> and then my back, and my back lawn. And where we all started. And yeah. Backyard I, cricket. I, backyard cricket. And I remember, um, I was about six, seven, and my dad in the backyard and my dad's bowling at me and my auntie's on the, on the uh, on the on the patio, and uh, I kept getting hit without any pads with a hard ball. Kept getting hit on my legs, and my aunt was getting more and more frustrated about this. Equivalent of child abuse these yeah, days, yeah, isn't it? Say, yeah, you, you can't keep doing that. And my dad goes, "Well, he's got a bat in his hand. He could try using it." And and that was it. Yeah. And Some I'm people be, still I say the same thing. And one of these days, I might actually learn that. <laughs> Never know your luck. Hey, I, I think I know John the least of everyone around this table. Um, so, did you start cricket in Shropshire? Were you have you yep. always been? I started in in Shropshire, uh, and I've always been in Shropshire mm. uh, playing. Uh, I actually started at Shawbury. Um, Steve Hardy, Seve Owen, and myself went to play for Shawbury mm. uh, back in the Fox and Hounds. It was, um, and I was fifteen time and I was itching to play cricket just wasn't playing enough cricket couldn't mm. get it's so why I, I kind of look at it and go I think people are a lot luckier now mm. to have so many great clubs they can go and play cricket mm. for mm. and they kind of under underestimate how how the the, the the availability of playing the game which is a massive step forward from what it used to be so so when you're saying that how do you how do you look at kind of the recent issues that people seem to say with cricket with people not making themselves available with kind of the 
the opportunities afforded to them of playing cricket? Um, well, I mean, it, each 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 individual to their own. Mm. Um, if if you if you love playing the game, which I do and did, uh, and always will, then I want to play it as for as long as I possibly can. Mm. But I also made the decision I didn't want to hold um, a, a position, say for example in Sentinel Twos, mm. and, and stopping a youngster coming in, because that's not what I wanted to do. Um, mm. So, um, and I think that's that is is a lot better in clubs now. I think that they are and they are coming through. And if the person is committed and wants to do that game, mm. then there are avo- the, it, the, the chances are there for them to do that, which I think is phenomenally great mm. in Shropshire. Mm. I really mm. do. So, so I, I'm similar to you, John. Certainly when I was younger, I wanted to play at every opportunity. I just loved the game. So I'd play seven times a week if I could. I don't think there is that these days with, with kids. Do, do you not think is it just well, me? Do you not think that's the youngsters? Don't, I mean, it's not just John. Anyone? Is it, well, I is mean, it? you know, you take you take. I mean, Sentinel, Shrewsbury, Knockin, um, Oldbury. They, you know, you, you, I could rattle off a number of clubs um, that have got a lot of youth being played. Um, mm. You know, um, Wem's got a lot of youth. You take the, the, looking at their first team that is congratulations to them gone up into the Birmingham League, mm. thoroughly well deserved. Um, They've got a lot of youth playing mm. in that first team. Mm. But I, I, I just seem to quite often come across the "I can't be bothered" attitude of youngsters, which, which infuriates me when I know what I was like when I was that age. It's just like, yes, yes, pick me, pick me, pick me. Yeah, oh, donkey and Shrek. Donkey and Shrek. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's funny actually, Josh. I've often thought of you like that. <laughs> well, as um, a donkey. As a <laughs> but no, I, I, I think the opportunities are there. But you've also got to bear in mind there is a lot more distractions mm. now than there was. Exactly right. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, you know, you've got progress in technology, and and there are a lot more distractions. There are a lot more available things to do. No, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what I was actually going to um, say. There's so many other sports that youngsters can play um, these days. I mean, obviously, me and James are similar ages. You two mm. gentlemen are a little bit older. I presume there's a lot more opportunities um, for other sports. Mm. Um, these days than there were perhaps in, in, in your day Maybe, there's a lot yeah, more activities yeah. they can do apart a, from cricket a, and it's done a lot less at school I think I think a lot yeah, of schools these yeah. days just don't don't do cricket do they yeah. they do a lot of sports to be honest I remember I remember in our school the school that I went to it was kind of very much there was one lad actually Harry Jones um, who plays for Shelton? He was, yep, I right. think, he was what, at one point he was the captain of the school team and the uh, good player and right. the um, the PE teacher just went to him ah oh, you go and you go and pick the football team and he would pick the 11 who would play against a certain team and also Oscar Jenkins who doesn't play he would be the he was the best rugby player and he would be like given the he'd be like right go on Oscar you go and pick the you go and pick the rugby team and it was kind of it was a similar similar kind of outlook and I think it's just a societal thing with schools in general kind of unless you go to a like school or you are a child who is like dedicated to want to play and having said all this I can't be bothered though I know of kids who on the other hand can literally can't get enough of cricket just want to play cricket Mm. and play cricket Mm. and play cricket and play cricket and And I think I think that's just a I think that's just a thing in itself really yeah I think it's society and I think it's a thing itself you've also got to take the individual you know if you if you love the game um that way, then, then that, 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 then there are opportunities mm. for you to play it, which is great. Mm. I mean, you, you could also argue about the, 
terrestrial television. Yeah. Um, when you've got, you know, you had the 2005 Ashes on Channel 4. Unbelievable. Uh, unbelievable Ashes. Everybody's yeah, watching yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then clubs were full the mm. next year yeah. with juniors wanting to play cricket because yeah. they'd seen that. You can go back to, you know, 1981 and Bosom's Ashes, and I'm sure the same flux that everybody wanted to play cricket then. Um, I should say. I think we need to refer Yeah, I was going to say. Oh, Bob, 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 Bob Willis's, Willis's Ashes, ashes yeah. now, yeah. yeah. I was just going to say when we uh, 2005 Ashes um, so I would have been 13, 14 and I remember the Shelton mm -hmm. Juniors at that time we had a really strong um, junior squad um, presumably mm -hmm. the, you know that Ashes helped things you know myself mm -hmm. um, Harry Jones Sam Griff mm -hmm. Ben Matthews mm -hmm. Um, Joey App as well played a little bit for mm -hmm. um, our juniors well, I mean it's not just I cricket national success does Really help promote the sport. Yeah. I, I, mean, I do a bit of rowing. Chairs as well. Chairs yeah. was in Oscar. I think with I the think rowing, you could see when Pinsent and Redgrave were winning all the mm. all the competitions, all the Olympics. We were, we were getting an influx of members. At yeah. Club. I I wonder how much though. When I when I think of these things, I think I do think that these moments do help. But I wonder how much it it's more to do with these events inspiring the clubs themselves to put in more work to get the promotion out there to kind of get the children involved kind of thing because I, I, I've said here many a time that kind of I I joined Alberbury around a similar time and before that I didn't really know that there were any other cricket clubs that existed in Shrewsbury outside of Shrewsbury Cricket Club just from a complete promotional point of view and it was only because one of the lads who I went to school with he was friends with the, the dad who was running the junior section so you know i want you know and because of the ashes they kind of well i think i think social media is massive as well now isn't it you yeah know, when yeah. we were at school it, it you know wasn't wasn't particularly very big um certainly not twitter and instagram and all that when and i was at school it didn't everywhere. exist well, well no. i was gonna say <laughs> when, when, when josh and i were at school um, there was slate and, 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 and chalk, chalk yeah. Yeah. i think we, we we when we were at school james it was just facebook there was no Twitter or anything like that, but now now clubs I can have. I didn't even have Facebook. It was Bieber. It was um, MySpace and High Bieber. Five. <laughs> high Five when I was like sixteen, and then it was high MySpace. High Five. High Five. Yeah, High Five. Then Bebo and MySpace, and then it went. Then it was Facebook. But um, getting back onto your career, John, you've um, you've played for a couple of clubs. <laughs> a couple. Is yeah, it more than John? It's, 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 it's yes. <laughs> was, was, I understand that some people have asked some questions on on Twitter. Um, and we'll get on and to someone, that. someone came up with uh, how come he's had more clubs than Rory McIlroy? I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian Slater. Um, it was Slats. Slats. <laughs> Bless him. Um, and I, I haven't actually. I've had five, mm. and they were Shawbury, Hanwood, Acton Reynolds, Pontsbury, and Sentinel. So, if, in all your time, I, I'm not asking you to say anything. Was there a particular time when you enjoyed the most? Was there kind of like a period when you were like, I'm really enjoying this period of cricket. Oh, there were times that all those clubs were enjoyed. Mm. Um, you know, the Shilbury, because it was the first one I was playing in, and you started off on the Sunday side, and then you got asked to play on the Saturday, mm. and you, you know, I was playing with Derek Hinton, uh, Keith Pannington, Stuart Aston, mm. Seve Owen. Um, Seve was uh, is, is an incredible sportsman, because he he's one of those players that mm. he, could, he could never played the game before in his life he'd pick mm. up a, you know if he'd never played badminton before he'd pick up a badminton racket and whoop your ass with it he mm. was, was just so good um so you, you, you that that was a lot of fun hanwood was good size you know guy johnson's etc 
Um, it, there was a lot of good players there. Um, Atom Arnold, the same. Ponsbury, Matthew, Matthew Boswell, mm. uh, yeah. Sean McCarthy, uh, obviously the Caulfields as well. It was, it mm. was, there was, there was some really good clubs. I was lucky to play for five really good clubs. Is it just coincidence that two fifths of them have folded? I, 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 are you trying? <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to say I'm well, responsible for the folding. I can resist you. <laughs> um, well, I don't think I was responsible for the folding. Um, but luckily enough, Sentinel isn't. So, um, and you know, I, you know, I've had a fantastic time at Sentinel because I won the with the Premiership winning medal there, and um, and the, and the second team. I knew it would come up. Yeah, <laughs> and winning the second team as well. Uh, now the, cha- the championship with the second team, mm. and and still loving being a member of that club, mm. and it's a fantastic club, and they've oh, done very well. One of the questions I do have, and if I was going to ask it a bit later on, but I might as well ask it now. Obviously, you do your own proing on a Saturday now. Mm-hmm. Do you miss the the higher level playing the higher level cricket? as in first or seconds obviously you do still play thirds but it's on a Sunday yeah slightly lower level and I know you you, you play it exactly right because you, you bat down the order and whatever but do you, do you not is there a part of you that misses batting at three for the for the first or for the seconds whatever <laughs> yeah um, but you know there's 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 much better players than me I mean you said earlier you'd much rather a younger, a younger player yeah, yeah, and, yeah and then now you, you just go oh, you know if I can help um, you know, either any of the, you know, Morris's, um, you know, Austin, Owen, Leon, yeah, get better. Um, Donna, Hannah, get better. Anything I can pass on on those lines, then I'm, I'm, I'm delighted to do that. Mm. Um, so that there just comes a time when you go no, and and uh, you know, I'm still, I'm still involved in the game, which is the important part for me. Yeah. I'm still playing. I can't, I can't put mm. my boots up. So I'm still I mean, I mean, yeah, well. I mean, obviously, I, I played with you. I played against you. I know you, you are a good player. You, you could still easily hold a place in definitely the seconds possibly the first at some time no I don't, think not, I don't think I'm good well, enough well, well anyway, that, that's but, but, um, but 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 I mean, I mean it was, I was talking to Alan Rudd when we were umpiring together and I said do you miss playing he says I still am because on a Saturday we're effectively playing we're still involved we've got the best view yeah. we've got the best view of the game we're still very heavily involved in that game mm. and you know it's, it's, it's terrific so you're still very much you're still playing yeah. on a Saturday yeah. it's just not you know you're umpiring instead of not holding it back yeah, yeah so continuing talking about your kind of career development now you are well it only took a tweet to really kind of get to the bottom of what uh, how highly respected and what actual people think about you on in the Shropshire cricket scene and you are seen as someone who plays a hard level of cricket and kind of gets involved in the, if, if that's the best way to uh, that's the best way to say it um, like to like to give it and uh, it's probably the nicest way it's ever been described <laughs> um, how have you found um, being a cricketer who, who is obviously likes to get involved with the conversation in a cricket match and take going on to the other side of the um, White line and becoming an umpire. How have you found that Hope kind of transition? <laughs> yeah, that's been used a few times. Um, I, I, look, if I'm playing Tiddlywinks, I want to win it. Um, and, and you know, it's the same in any game I play. And, and, and you know, it's, it's not going to change. Um, I always wanted to play it hard and mm. and do my damnedest mm. to win it. And if if you then lose, fair enough, you lose outside off the white line. Then you're having mm. a beer and a laugh with the people that you've just been trying to beat. 
um, mm. and that's 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 my belief in it. That's where I mm. think it should be. So, if I'm gonna play a game, I want to do everything mm. I can to win it within the laws. Hasten to add. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, it's it's a it's a com it's a combative game. It's a, it's a it's a competitive game. It's a competitive mm. sport. Mm. So you wanna you wanna compete, mm. and if that means you're having a bit of friendly banter with with someone then I'm sure they'll give it just as much as I gave it um, and 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 it's you know there are limits there are lines and that was never crossed um, you know I had some you know Troy Grand Troy fabulous friend of mine um, and, and yeah, we, we, we'd had words together but we're always a kind of smile on the face out and then right. he's one of the first parts and that's the thing is I think here. once you cross that white line at the end of the day you have a beer with them don't you yeah. and that's probably from your rugby upbringing because it's probably more yeah, evidence in rugby you than do, anything else is I, it? when I you only batter the shit excuse me out of each other for 80 minutes yeah there is that um, but I, I think it's it's um, it's, a, it's a lot of if you're if you're going to play cricket for seven hours and you and you're trying to compete and you want to win that game and then you come off the one thing you want to then do is have a social time afterwards and have a laugh with the very people that you've that have been trying to do the same thing to you and 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 that's that's part of the fun you know it's part of the fun you've worked hard you deserve that beer let's face it we've all played games where it's been rained off and you have the beer and you're going yeah it's not feeling the same is it Mm. It's really not feeling yeah, the same because yeah, yeah, you yeah. just haven't kind of earned that that drink, mm. and you get a lot more pissed because you start. Well, well. <laughs> I, I, w I wouldn't know. Yourself. Yourself. <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> <yourself>. um, <laughs> so um, going on to kind of this this podcast kind of has a theme that runs through it really, and it's kind of about officiating. Um, mm. At what point did you kind of decide that you wanted to be an umpire? And kind of also, um, what was the process uh, that you went through to be get to the level that you are now? Well, I've got to thank Gordon. Gordon Smith, we were having a chat about it in at Riemann after, you know, he'd come back from doing the umpiring. Um, we'd be in the in the social club after the game and we were having a chat and, and he, was, he was a massive advocate for going into doing it. And... We had long chats about it. He said, you should think about doing it. And I went, and, and I was saying, yeah, do you know what? I'd really like that. Um, and then I said to, I remember saying to Gordon, I said, right, okay, well, how do I do it? And he said, well, you got to go on your level one. And he says, that's usually run in January. Speak to Mike. Um, and we are very lucky in, in, in Shropshire that you've got the likes of Gordon. You've got Mike Shee. Mike mm. Shee, fantastic. This, this, yeah. this, this. I was so delighted he actually got a, he got a, he got an award didn't he uh, yeah. re in in recent in Shropshire. Um Mike is an absolute diamond. He's a fabulous mm. fabulous man and he was exceedingly helpful to me getting getting where I needed to go. Um and he's he's phenomenal. Organizing the umpires he still does that and you know you've got the people dropping out occasionally and things of illness whatever and he's and he and he deals with it and then he will come he will then go and do a game if it needs to mm. fill it mm. so you know Mike, Mike, and, Mike and, and, and Val do a fantastic job mm. so I was delighted for Mike um, Tom Kane um, education officer is now the chairman of the umpires yeah, fantastic fantastic so Brilliant. you know and, and Malcolm Bird the treasurer you, you, you've got mm. so many really good people behind it and what Gordon said was speak to Mike uh, and I think Mike's first comment to me when I said to him I'd like to 
go on the level one course, which was a 13 week course on a Monday night for two hours. Mm. Um, and Neil, Neil um, Savo from uh, from your lot, <laughs> from Overy was there with me. You lot. Yeah, so Overy, <laughs> sorry. Um, but Savo was there and we used to share buying the coffee, although I still think he owes me one, but that might be the 13th week. And it was a two hour on a Monday night. Um, and Mike, I think, actually said to me, so you want to become a, a poacher come gamekeeper, do you? Uh, okay. Um, and it went from there. And that's and that was done at Schiffnell. And then we had to do the 1A, uh, again, done at Schiffnell, which is a similar timescale. Tom Kane was massively a part of that. And the other person I will mention is Anthony Harris. Anthony Harris, is, he is my mentor. Uh, he's been fantastic help to me. There have been times where we're running up and I've gone, you know, after a game or a Sunday and I've gone, you know, this happened. What's, 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 what's the way I should have done it? You've got to bear in mind, Anthony did the minor counties final uh, this season. Mm -hmm. uh, he's on the national flag. Fantastic. He's a great guy and massively helpful. And he's always there on the end of the phone. And we, we, we could talk for hours. In fact, I think we did. I think we must be fed up with me ringing him. Because we talked for hours about these. And, and, and he was there in the one and the one A, um, putting out just from live examples of things that go on mm. in a game that you think, really? How the hell is that? And you, and you, wow, you wouldn't expect that to happen. Mm. And, and you know, he's been, he's been massively helpful and still is. So there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of people that have been helpful to me. Tom has uh, assessed me a number of times um, and, uh, you know, Anthony has been massively helpful. Uh, so there's been a lot of lot of support and it all started with Gordon. I think this moves us on to our next piece, which is going to be an interview that me and Joss did earlier with uh, two fantastic women. Uh, yeah, a really insightful interview that was actually with Claire and Holly. Two very good scorers, by the way. Eccleston. Excellent um, scorers. Really, yeah, really, really good to get a view on, on the scorers. Scoring situation. Side of the world, if you like, yeah. And her experience, Holly's experience, scoring in the World Cup and the Ashes. And here it is. So we're here with Cow Corner Podcast. And Joss, we are with two fantastic uh, people who we're very excited to uh, have a little chat about. And you especially, Joss. Indeed, yes. I think a lot of our listeners know how keen I am on scoring. Uh, so I'm delighted to welcome Claire and Holly Eccleston to the studio should we call it <laughs> to um discuss their experience and tell us a bit about scoring yeah so uh without further ado uh let's introduce ourselves my name's claire eccleston and i'm the shropshire county scorers officer and i live at uh, whitchurch my name's holly eccleston and i'm an icc scorer for whitchurch <laughs> <laughs> where else to score um i also score for warwickshire oh that's pretty cool so um, first things first, how did uh, how did you get into scoring? Because it's quite an um, an unusual thing to get into. If that's uh, if you don't mind me saying so. <laughs> no. So I started playing for Whitchurch Cricket Club, and I decided one time there was a thirteen game, similar to most instances, they didn't have a scorer, so uh, everybody had to take in turns. So I did my share and quite liked it actually so then I was kind of roped into doing it every <laughs> Sunday so I decided to go on and do a level one scoring course um, which was based at Telford and then it just kind of 
went on from there. Okay, so, yeah. cool. So Claire, how did you, uh, were you the main instigator? Were you the kind of inspiration or how, how did this all come about? No, Holly's been the, uh, been the leader really and, and pushed her journey. Um, when she said she wanted to do a scoring course, um, she needed a lift to Telford, so um, <laughs> that was me. And uh, I decided to do the course as well, but I'd never scored a cricket game at that point, so that was oh. interesting. I, I was the... Uh, and was it at a level you could understand? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was good. It, the, the club scorer course goes right from the, from the basics, so uh, yeah. it was uh, very easy to, to, to start scoring. So we're talking about the level one uh, club scorer course. Um, how, what kind of, for someone who's, I've, well, I occasionally score. Um, well, what, on I, a bat? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so for someone who kind of, well, Joss is more the expert in this kind of area. Than oh, really. don't tell Nicky Morris that. <laughs> I, I just enjoy scoring, but I, I'm the same as James. I'm curious to learn what you learn on these courses and how many there are and how, you know, how, Obviously, you said you did level one. Is there a level two, three, four? I mean, um, how, how? So it goes from club scorer, level one, level two, and level three. Okay. You and you, have you done all this? Um, I'm currently doing level three. Fantastic. Amazing. So, so what, what more do you learn from going on from level one to level two, for example? Because presumably level one will we'll cover the basics and what you need to put down for a wide and no ball and a buy and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So, yeah. So what happens really is you do your club scorer course and mm. then... Um, you go away and you have a season whereby you build a portfolio of a mm. minimum of 10 games. Are you assessed? Uh, you're not assessed. At the end of the season, you have a, they call it a professional discussion mm. with either myself or mm. uh, somebody at Warwickshire. And you just go along, show them your portfolio, and then they have a chat with you about uh, you know things that are in in your portfolio so we don't mind seeing Tipex I think Tipex is uh, an what, essential what's Tipex? <laughs> it's an essential item in a scorer's absolutely, pencil case yeah, yeah, yeah but uh, yeah it, it, there's no wrong scorebook it's just mm. a, a case of having a look through the portfolio and maybe discussing yeah. development points and things like yeah, that yeah. fantastic now you said something that really interested me a minute ago you are an ICC score is that correct? So how did how did you how did that come about? How did you become an ICC score? So I was invited to join Warwickshire's elite program for wow. scorers in about last year. Last yeah. year, end of last season. So over the winter we did some get-togethers and and some courses and yeah. running through softwares and that. And um, at the start of this season, we got a very unexpected phone call saying that we, between the panel of six of us we're going to divide out a load of games so within that we divided out the days at the ashes and the world cup amazing based at Edgebaston. incredible um yeah. and to, to do those you you get accredited as an icc scorer amazing. so that's how that happened yeah warwickshire are quite good actually because they're succession planning so they're mm. trying they're, they're looking to the future and mm. And knowing that one day they'll need uh, some somebody to take over from yeah, now, yeah. so mm. they've got a, a panel of scorers. So they mm. teach them where to switch the lights on, yeah, how long after you after you uh, yeah. switch them off can you switch them back on again, and lots of different things like security right. yeah, and yeah. evacuation plans. Yeah. So it's really good that they're doing that and mm. encouraging the next generation. Oh, and you, you mentioned early, Holly, that you played cricket. Do you still play at all? No, I don't do, have. Do you time. miss it? 
Um, not really, to be honest. No. I'm, I've just enjoyed him scoring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I've always said that when um, <laughs> when I get too old to play, which is about ten years ago, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take up scoring because I, I, like yourself, I do really enjoy it. To be honest, it's nice to still be involved. Yeah. yeah. What's your favourite thing about scoring? Is there kind of anything in particular that kind of made you realise that this is kind of what you like to do? Have you met any cool people? Yeah. So. I do the games are really good so the atmospheres at some of the games are amazing um, and also the people we I've met along the way they're just some people mm. you'd never think you'd meet I think you blank Graham Swan didn't you by accident <laughs> <laughs> I was busy scoring <laughs> so w when you do your scoring for Warwickshire or in the Ashes for example do you do, you do it electronically um, so I do do electronic scoring yeah. um, the Ashes I did it using the software so I did it electronically on that one yeah. and I was linked to the so I did it on the main computer which then powers the scoreboards around the ground so you have to get it exactly yeah. perfect yeah the pressure, it, pressure there you have to do it yeah. straight away or else yeah, you get yeah. a little bit annoyed whenever I go and watch a game I'm always looking at the scoreboard waiting yeah. for someone to make a mistake but they never do <laughs> yeah so you have to get it up there straight away yeah. and in the World Cup game the ICC have a paper normal paper score sheet that they use as the official record mm. um, that they keep for however long <laughs> to prove that the game happened and what happened. So yeah. I did that in the World Cup game. Could you imagine doing the, uh, the World Cup final with all that controversy with oh. Ben Stokes hitting his bat and going on for four? And I think the umpires got it wrong, actually, but that's by the by, isn't it? Plenty of tippets use that day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the thing I'm most amazed at is I, I, I struggle to keep my concentration scoring at the best of times at a, a village game. How, how do you keep your concentration when there's, like, thousands of people? It's a massive game. And especially, like, an Ashes or a World Cup when you could just kind of get quite easily carried away in the game. Yeah. Yeah, so, it, I mean, it is challenging at the best of times. And everybody does lose their focus every now and then. But especially with the pressure of what the game is, you kind mm. of make sure you're focused because you mm. don't want to be that person yeah. to make that mistake. Yeah. Or I think the Warwickshire score box is very different from like at Whitchurch where you have people popping in and out as well. <laughs> and how many runs did I score off how many balls? Yeah. <laughs> you, don't, on the yeah, you don't really get those interruptions. Yeah. Yeah. I, I got 41, not 40. Yeah. <laughs> you missed well, a run off. You get 41 not Oh, I shouldn't have bought that so one. So, do, do you um, you, you said you're at college. Do you get time off to do your to do your scoring? Uh, yeah, the college are really supportive. Are they? Well, that's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the the other thing that I'm really interested in is kind of like uh the the structure and the kind of the pathway that you've got to the position that you're in. Um, so is it quite? Could anyone kind of get to a level that you've got, or is it kind of like so if. Joss decided tomorrow that he was going to give it all up and uh, well, just not everything, but <laughs> but and uh, to go scoring and to try and get his levels and try and get as high as he can. How how would he go about? So to start with, you do a, a club score of course, mm -hmm. which um, a bit normally based on the winter, re ready for the season. Mm -hmm. So you do that as as Mum said earlier. You'd complete a year's portfolio, mm. um, just to develop games and knowledge and experience really and then at the end of that you do a professional discussion with with one of the observers mm. um after that you you go and do a level one course level two course and then after that you'd um build another portfolio for another season 
with a minimum of 10 games a game mm. and then at the end of that you well our base is Edgebaston she'd go to Edgebaston for an observation mm. she basically just talked through pr- good times of the season bad times because mm. you can't have bad times they really don't mind it's just how mm. you come back and how you change yeah mm. what yeah. what what went wrong sure you must be immensely proud claire to have a daughter like holly and especially the things that she's saying and she's got to have something very she's got to have a strength strong mentality hasn't she and it's kind of to get to where she's got to it's so so young as well it's uh yeah i'm really proud of holly and uh you know so many people probably would have walked away from cricket mm. when she stopped playing but she's found mm. something and mm. I'm really pleased that she's still in the game mm. and uh, you know where she's gone to you know we never dreamt when we did that club scorer course in Telford <laughs> mm. <laughs> driving over there five nights wasn't it that uh, it was worth it. yeah that she'd be yeah. where she is now and then yeah. to see the confidence mm. and uh, what I really, really enjoy is I meet scorers that have scored with Holly, adult scorers, and mm. they say how much they enjoy scoring with Holly. Mm. You know that she brings that fun and bubbliness mm. to a score box that yeah. it hasn't yeah. got to be silent mm. and serious. Because yeah. we've got, I mean, at Albury, we've, we've got Nikki Morris. She does a very, very good job. Yeah. Um, and she, part of the reason she does it, she just loves the crack with the lads. So she's, yeah. you know, she's sat amongst them. Mm. And we had to vote on whether or not we'd adopt the. Premier League because we play in Division One. Yeah. Adopt the Premier League rules next season. I think it was voted just mm. to not adopt them, wasn't it? But had we yeah. done so, I think she'd have had to have sat in a scores. separate area. Yeah. yeah. And we've got an electronic school area, but right. she and she was really against that because yeah. the reason she does it, she loves the yeah having having the laugh with the boys, you know, on the yeah. on the Saturday afternoon. So it's it's quite. Mm. Yeah, it is difficult because I think in the Shropshire rules, it, your scorers do have to sit together. Yeah. We had one instance, didn't we, a couple mm. of seasons ago where mm. the scorer of the opposition turned up and they were scoring on an iPad and wanted to walk around the boundary rope with their mates, which was problematic, uh, wasn't it? It seems because, a bit off to me. Yeah, yeah. it was... I mean, it, Nicky does sit with the other scorer, yeah. but, but they're not there yeah. with the players as mm. well. They yeah. haven't got their own. And, uh, you know, it's just difficult with players' names and that sort of thing. So mm. that's why mm. we like the scorers to sit together. Mm. But, like, it's not always possible for people to sit in a score box so yeah. you know for yeah. you know, maybe there's somebody with disabilities or something mm. like that yeah, can't yeah, get sure. into a score yeah, box yeah. so mm. yeah as long as they sit together i think that's uh but it's very it's very village these days to yeah. bowler's name i <laughs> <laughs> just don't get it very often these days because everyone has their own score so they, yeah. they do know it yeah so with all the latest things that are going on um just going to talk a bit of shropshire cricket for a bit before we go back onto your ashes uh, adventure um so in Shropshire cricket, as we've mentioned, there is, there are kind of these rules that are potentially coming in, and um, well, from what I've heard, the Premier Division have actually really embraced it, and they've actually really liked it. And to be honest, for for us at the podcast, having people like electronically scoring and being able to keep up, it helps because we can produce content quickly and we can get things out. And I think it does add an element to the game, doesn't it? Um, what what do you see as the biggest kind of issues moving forward in Shropshire kind of scoring, and where do you think that um, where where are the next steps for Shropshire scoring, and where would you like to kind of see it going? Well, obviously, I'd like to see more scorers mm. and scoring, uh, you know, in the lower divisions, making sure they have a scorer for the game rather than perhaps the tag scoring that goes on now, where mm. somebody's scoring until they go into bat. So mm. I'd like to get more scorers in Shropshire. I would like to extend the the electronic scoring, but mm. obviously I realise that for for cl- 
clubs, you know, there's financial implications of having mm. to have a laptop and yeah, Wi-Fi yeah. and all those sorts yeah. of things. I think it's great for for the players and that to be able to see all the, the live scores. Mm. I think, yeah, you know, absolutely. in the... I, in the I do like on a Saturday afternoon when you, some games that are being recorded live and you can keep a, keep a track on it. Yeah. I remember one of our key players in Albury was away on holiday and I was scoring so I was injured at the time and... Uh, I did it online. He said he loved it. It was like yeah. ball by ball. Mm. I was refreshing every ball as well, so you can just follow it from mm. yeah. anywhere in the world. And like when we in the Premier Division last year, and it was so close on the last day to see mm. who yeah. might stay up and yeah. might go down. All Scott just stayed up. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think it's really good. And I think people were making decisions on when their game finished, who they go and watch, mm. depending on what was yeah, happening on the scorecard yeah, yeah, as yeah, well, brilliant. which I think was really mm. good. Mm. So you, said, you said something before we started recording about um, this tag scoring and something they're hoping to bring in. Yeah, Oops, we, we realise that uh, a lot of tag scoring does go on in lower mm. divisions. So I know at the moment they're looking at trying to develop um, on the app, on your phone, so that when you're scoring um, and then it's your turn to go into bat, you can just tap your phone with uh, the next player and then they can carry on scoring on their phone. Yeah, that's I think uh, it's great. <laughs> Scary <laughs> technology. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just got to make sure you don't tap and share the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> what, you well, on your I, phone, James? Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's why they just want to leave that phone with somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> that's why Josh scores alone. So anyway. Um, <laughs> oh dear. Um, so <laughs> Going down that route, it's only quarter past sorry, two. Sorry, 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 sorry. We'll bring it. We'll, we'll bring it back. Um, yeah. So electronic scoring has been a well a re revelation in the Premier Division, I think, really. And um, yeah. So Holly. Um, going on to your scoring adventure. Uh, so talk us through the day of uh, the Ashes. Like you wake up. What's your What's your routine? Are there kind of certain things that go through? Kind of like, you know, when a batsman's getting ready to bat, they're thinking, <laughs> right, <laughs> focus on the ball, focus on the ball, get my, get my guard kind of thing. Is there anything that you're thinking? Like, remember to plus the wides or remember <laughs> which is a leg by and a by kind of thing. Um, there is things that go through your mind. Like, normally it's just, oh no, what happens if I make a mistake? Mm. It's such a big thing. Like, mm. what what do I do if I... Well, I mean, the thing is, that these umpires are in the spotlight. They, with these um, reviews, they make mistakes all the time, mm -hmm. don't they? It's just yeah. that there's a public. Yeah. Yours aren't. So. Yeah. So um, things like that go through your head, and you're. I'm also always like thinking, what happens if I can't get in like to mm. the ground properly or something? <laughs> yeah. As as the taxi, I'm always worried about what the traffic's like on the M6. <laughs> <but. laughs> so do you have to be there a long time in advance to score again? Um. Yeah. So. Seven o'clock in the morning. Really? Yeah. Gosh. So we left at like oh, wow. five. <laughs> yeah. Five so and what do you do for three and a half hours, four hours? Um, normally it's just like getting the team sheets ready, like ensuring like if they've got numbers on, they correspond right. correctly because okay. you never yeah. know you might get the wrong numbers. You did mm -hmm. have that once, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> we did. Um, and also you make sure the computer's up and running, mm. make sure that it's linked to the scoreboard correctly. Mm. Um. You, t you test the uh, PA system around the ground. Yeah, you? have to have you like PA system ready for in case there's an emergency, um, as well as testing radios. Um. So do you, um, something that was talked about on the umpiring course that I went on was um, um, radio mics between umpires and scorers. Does that happen kind of where you're at? Does the umpire kind of radio mic and go... <laughs> Have there been five balls or six balls in this over? Do you have to kind of like liaise with the umpire, or is that someone else that they in, do in that? Shropshire. <laughs> yeah, so um, in, in lower leagues, you do 
tend to have quite a lot of connection with the umpires. However, the higher up you go, the less contacts you yeah, get. Yeah. So actually, in the Ashes, I never met the umpires. Mm. Um, I didn't do, speak. Do you meet the players at all? Um, well, we I met some. Mm. However, the players tend to have lunch mm. separately. Yeah. We tend to have it with like media people. Right. So. Um, mm. Yeah, we mm. didn't really meet the umpires or the players on the day of the Ashes, so they talked to the th- the Fourth. third umpire mm. and and the match referees instead of the scorers and the kind of people. Cool. through people. Mm. So you have to kind of like you know when you watch football and uh, ooh wrong sport, but uh, when they do the VAR and they're all dressed in umpire and they're dressed in not <laughs> umpiring when they're dressed in referees uniforms, do you have to kind of wear a special uniform when you're um, scoring? So um, I wear an ACO uniform, mm. so an ACO kind of shirt and um, just some smart trousers, really. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we do have ICC t-shirts, however, we didn't have that for the Ashes because it was an ICC event, so mm. Mm. we have ACO uniform. So something I'm also interested in is kind of what would be your kind of top tips for just the general club scorer who may not have done the course yet, but kind of is looking to but um, what would you kind of say to people who just play cricket and occasion and find themselves on the book what are your kind of like main things that you find most people will do wrong um, I'd also advise that you use coloured pens absolutely <laughs> if you're, if you're absolutely. doing it by paper Live by if them. you do make a mistake you can trace it back which is a lot easier because yeah. everyone does make mistakes um, I'd also suggest that you do keep track of what games you've done because it does if you do a do a course it it lasts over two years mm. you can keep the games for two years um so if you think you don't want to do a, another course however you might in a few years so i'd keep the uh, tip x that's my top tip essential scoring equipment really isn't it holly also gave us a very good tip before we started recording was never draw a duck on the score which I think is very yeah. good because it, uh, it's happened to me quite a lot it doesn't go down well with no. the players no. and the higher up you go they don't like that either it's not an official symbol no. is it no. so something I'm quite interested in if there's a no ball and there's been a run scored what do you what do you write there so if it's been a no ball and there's a run scored or even if there's a no ball and it's buys depends whether they've hit it or not mm. isn't it yeah so if they pit it, then it'd be an one no ball, mm. and then it'd be one to the batsman. Yeah. So it'd be two to the total, however yeah. it could be three, depending that on That used to really annoy me, because the number of balls wouldn't quite tally them, because the batsman have scored one off a, yes, yeah. a non-legitimate ball, if you tell me. So do you like put a circle in the book and put a one in it, or is it like, do you circle in two? Oh, I don't... No, so in the book you do a circle with a one in it. That's on the batsman's. Yeah, yeah, on the batsman yeah. using the bowler's fingers, yeah, yeah. and then in the tally you do a circle with a little line attached to it, so you okay. know it's, it's together. This is a good level of scoring. I know. How about how about how about if there's like four wides or something like this? This is something that's ready to pop the question. The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Also interested me because I, I kind of like put a plus and then like a four next to it. And that's probably horrifically wrong. Well, at least you're putting a plus and not a W. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you had four wides, you'd do a plus symbol and then you'd put four dots in either section yeah. of the wide. That's Ah, right, there you, you go. That's, that's, a, that's something else. If you did a wide symbol with a four, it theoretically looked like a wide and they'd and put four, it four yeah, a four yeah, 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 as yeah, well. Yeah. So you'd do the dots. If... if an umpire blatantly gets something wrong and signals the wrong thing. Do you, presumably you have to go with what the umpires yeah, signal. Yeah, so umpires are always right. They have the last decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so and John, John Ashton, who's John on, Ashton will, will, will back that. you up. On <laughs> <laughs> he never gets anything wrong. <laughs> so um, even if you think it's totally wrong, you thought that was not a wide or something, yeah, or however, yeah. you have to put down whatever yeah. the umpire signals. Yeah. They can... D- like retract their signal and change mm. it however when the next ball's bowled it's Ooh. set in stone yeah. right? I mean it happens a lot in, obviously it's nowhere near the standard that you're at but indoor it happens quite a lot because the umpires are the players basically and yeah. they, a lot of them don't they're not very familiar with the rules and they'll get things wrong but if I'm scoring I'll just say are you sure obviously you can't do that if you're in a score box at edge but yeah. Yeah. Some, of the, some of the umpires like the radios and they'll say oh you know just if there is something just like press the mm. button on the radio to get our attention and then uh, we'll it's usually the number of balls in and over and those yeah. sorts yeah. of things that, that uh, so um, going to yourself uh, do you how, how often do you score every week do you doing which I'm Holly's backup Holly's backup <laughs> quite sad really but yeah so if Holly's uh, doing something else then um, they scrape the barrel and ask me to, to score oh. I know I know my place oh. <laughs> chauffeur yeah that, that's it I'm main taxi yeah oh, very good sorry but this is a pause, so we'll edit this out. Um, yeah, so finishing it up. Um, okay, so quick fire questions. So, um, what is the sign for a buy and a leg buy? Because I see this is one that you get a lot of people asking questions of. A very simple thing, but. Quite... It is a little bit controversial as well because um, you, you can have the triangles, mm. or we have seen people put in B's and L's. L's. So, in the uk we tend to use triangles however nationally nationally um, they tend to use l's and b's okay so if you're using triangles how do you differentiate between a buy and a leg buy simple question so a buy is an upright triangle and a leg buy is an upside down triangle so what would you do if you had uh three leg buys would you just put a tri- leg buy triangle and then just put the score in the thing or is it kind of like what we're saying about the wides yeah, it's the dots inside the triangle. And you do that against the batsman as well as the bowler? Yes. Right, okay. Ah, okay. So how would you, would, what's the, is there a good technique? Because whenever I draw a circle and I just dot stuff, it's just, it's all a mess. No, so with if you're doing multiple signals within one, I'd suggest mm. you start with the inside 
to what you're putting on the very centre. So if you've got a no ball with three leg wise, I'd start with your three dots in the middle, then do your triangle, then do your circle. That's your, you're going to yeah, make out it of room. tight. <laughs> get tight room. Okay, so what if, um, I've never done it as an umpire, but I'm, uh, there's so probably... I've made the right pro- decision. There, <laughs> <laughs> there are probably umpires out there who have. Well, actually, the umpire's never wrong. So, But in, in the case that the umpire... Um, decides that he wants to give the bowler seven balls instead of six um what would you do in that case do you just like leave the extra ball off or so one of the most important tips i think i could give you is if you get five ball over don't add a sixth ball if you get a seventh ball over don't take a ball off because if you the higher up you go they want more stats so you work closely with with the analysts and the analyst video would have five balls or seven balls Mm. if you take a ball off the seven ball over it's going to throw out the analysts video because they've got seven Mm. balls on the tape whereas you're only saying there's six Mm. so i'd always suggest putting the seventh ball if it happened if the ball happened always put it don't just knock it off or add one because it'll it'll send the system into meltdown really Mm. so for those who are mega keen and like to put dots against the batsmen so they can see what's going on um I've heard lots of different things. You put certain things not against the batsman or certain things on. What, what's what's the actual way that you do? Do you put everything against the batsman or, or there are like certain things that you don't? So when you're doing what the ball, the balls that a batsman's face, I'd say that you put all of the balls down for the, what they face in case you make a mistake so you can, so you can go back and um, figure out where that was. But when you're doing counting up how many balls they face, you don't count wide. You count no balls as you can score runs off to the batsman off those. However, they, you do not count wides. So you count boys as well against balls for those yes. as well? Ah, okay. The only exception is wides. Mm. Ah, cool. Do you get really wound up if a team uses nine bowlers and there's only room for eight on the scorebook? <laughs> I mean, it's a bit inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. However. I just tell them they can't make a bowling change. <laughs> Sometimes they don't like that. <laughs> and if there was, so if there was some. Um, could it happen buys off a no ball four buys off a no ball yeah so how's how does that go down so you put four dots in the middle then you draw the triangle because it's a buy not a leg buy and then you draw the circle around the work it. of art this it is. <laughs> and if you're wondering how to do it on the tally so you'd start with a circle with the one where because it's one run if, mm. if it is a one run yeah. value then you do four triangles linked to the no ball okay because you've had four buys off the yeah, no yeah. ball yeah. so make sure they're attached so you can then trace it back to say that they were together so someone so two different scenarios the same thing um bowl comes in bowls a no ball and the the batsman hits it for four and also the same thing but the batsman doesn't hit it but it goes for four is there a difference in what you write in the book yeah there is so if the ba- if the bowler balls a no ball and then the batsman hits it you put a circle with a four in it mm. a number four yeah however if the bowler bowled a no ball and it went for four but the batsman didn't hit it mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah okay interesting i think we're getting there we're getting the hand getting to grips with this um, two new scores next season uh, yes <laughs> we'll put you down for the course <laughs> <laughs> we will be there um, 
actually best not to say stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> in case <laughs> <you're> recording. What has been the coolest or best moment uh, that you've that you've scored? Both of you, actually. Uh, we'll ask both of you that question. What's the best moment that you've scored that you've been like, wow, that was pretty incredible and that made you realise, yeah, I love scoring? I, I think I get I get the, the pleasure out of watching Hull do it, really. Um, I really like seeing the interaction Hull has with the players now, actually. She's she's become really close with the, the players at Whitchurch. Do, do you get to go to Edgebaston free of charge as the mother of the scorer? <laughs> uh, I think, did I get in free once? But for the Ashes in the World Cup, I had to drive all the way back to Shropshire and then go back and pick her up later. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> the ICC don't give out any free tickets. Have a word, no. ICC. Yeah. <laughs> we, know, we know you listen. Yeah. So, <laughs> so and in terms of your scoring, is it, is, it, is it a solo effort? Is it just you or do you have... A backup team is the people that help you out no so there is people that help you out behind the scenes so because we didn't have a scorer's county officer at the time mm. i went to the regional one which was heather vernon at the time so mm. heather's been my mentor since i started really so heather's guided me through it and given me mm. different opportunities like warwickshire women and things like that and um, then i met mel smith who's the who's the main scorer at edge bastard mm. Um, so I worked with both of them very closely um, on the panel really fantastic yeah so going back to the my question apart from being on Cal Corner what has been the coolest <laughs> moment <laughs> of your scoring career yeah. uh, so it's quite hard I've got two so there was once when we were um, at Lords when we were scoring and mum did mention it earlier but um, I, was, I was focusing scoring and I didn't realise, I was talking to somebody behind me. I was at the start of an over and so I was having a lovely conversation with this gentleman and I didn't realise who it was. So I was just talking to him thinking it was just some nobody. And at the end of the over, towards the end of the over, he walked away. He was like, oh, I'll leave you to it and walked away. I turned around at the end of the over I was like, got Graham Swan on the back of his that's amazing and the second one's definitely got to be the Barmy Army at the Ashes that was just something else you they are never incredible across they? anything like it yeah. they're just so mad with all their costumes and oh, the atmosphere's amazing yeah. <laughs> well, on the subject of the courses so are there any more this winter is there anything else there might be people listening that might want to get involved yeah we're running an electronic scoring course on the 7th of march okay uh, we're looking for a venue at the moment one with lots of power sockets so if anybody's listening that's got a, a venue that could uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> might struggle a little bit in here but uh, yeah it'd be really nice even though it, perhaps the division one aren't having the um the electronic scoring is compulsory yeah. at the moment if we could get a few more people in lower divisions coming along to that course yeah. and uh, picking up the electronic scoring because the the, uh, the software is free so um, mm. you know if we can get people loading it up on their computer mm. and just having a go at it yeah. it'd be great yeah. what is as the uh, as the head of Shropshire Scoring <laughs> Association the ACO um, what is your big call to action what are the big things that you're looking to implement and what are the big things that you want uh, in the next few years kind of like what we asked Holly what, well, we've, what got, um, we've got a five year plan at the ACO and they want 60,000 new officials so uh, not all of those are scorers I think about 30,000 I haven't got to find them all in Shropshire mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, population is Shropshire <laughs> yeah. so um, you know my objective is to get more scorers and um, 
fortunately in Shropshire we do very well with female scorers mm. I think uh, 71% of scorers nationally are male but in Shropshire I think it's the opposite way around which is really mm. good <laughs> but we'd like to see some more uh, more younger scorers as well yeah. what is the average age if you don't mind me asking what's the kind of what's the kind of age of people who you kind of like umpire with um, is that retired. a rude question? <laughs> retired, no. So there's not many young scorers, mm. especially I only really score with older people who are tend to be retired or ex-police people or things like that. Mm. When you're not scoring, do you just like and you've got like some time off? Do you just go? To, do you go to cricket games and just score for the laugh, or do you like? <laughs> you do see people doing that. Yeah, yeah no, because <laughs> I I used to I used to live next to I used to live in Leeds for nine years, and I used to live next door to Headingley. So when I'd finish university, I'd then rock up and I'd sit next to the same bloke every game. We'd be scoring it, and I'd just chat to him. So it's quite cool. You're trying to put him off. <laughs> like, but oh, that's a four, mate. <laughs> not six. <laughs> um, no, not really. I think the only time off we have is in the winter when yeah, there's very few matches yeah. on. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and sometimes, I, I don't know, I don't tend to watch that much cricket mm. at home. Oh, we watch it on the telly. A little bit yeah. every now and then. And that, that's a good time to test your electronic scoring skills. Is sit actually there sit the there and, and, and score the ones on the, on the telly. Good point, good tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like it. Yeah. So... Here we go. Final, final, final bit. If you were to, if someone was sat in front of you right now, uh, could be your age, could be Joss's age, could be my age. Um, that's quite a nice spread, isn't it? Um, and you were trying to convince them to become a scorer. What are the main things that you would say in the main? I think we've covered quite a lot of the reasons why you'd want to be a scorer, to mm. be honest. But what, I'm, I'm really tempted, mate. I've, don't know about you but what are the uh, better at it than you are at playing <laughs> not very hard but, <laughs> but what 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 would be the key things that you would say would be like oh this this is why you want to be a scorer i mean it one of the main highlights is the people you meet you you don't just meet them in shropshire you, you meet everybody from around the country i mean we've met some really nice people from scotland lords every everywhere i mean the people you meet are, are amazing aren't they yeah mm. Um, there's there's many highlights really. I'm struggling to find which ones. Um, get to score, sit in a score box with sometimes a heater, which is probably better than the umpires out in the uh, in the middle. Yeah. But in the drive, yeah, yeah. I've also visited some of the best yeah. cricket grounds in the whole world. So mm. to be able to call Edgebaston my base and and be able to say I've been to Lords and things like that is yeah. just incredible. I'm so jealous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm just like, I'm like, oh, get me on a scoring course. Um, <laughs> but no, yeah, fantastic. So I think all this leaves me to say is, uh, well, thank you so much for, yes. first of all, coming here and second of all, for speaking to us. I think if, if this interview doesn't inspire people to want to score, I don't know what, Will you know? It's, it's been a really good interview, so thank you, thank you both so much. Thank you, it's been really good. Thank, thank you, thank you. Much. So yeah, uh, a really inspiring interview there, Joss. I I really enjoyed it. I thought it really fantastic. It it was, uh, and I, I tell you, I, I I'm so impressed with Holly. To be fair, uh, I mean, I thought, as people that know me will know, I thought I knew all there was to know about scoring, but I've learned so much just from talking to to her and Claire. So yeah, it was a really good interview. And she, she, I mean, you know, she's 17 years old. She's done so much. Fair play to her, you know, mm. and and can go so much further. Yeah, so she's so young. If you are interested, get involved in one of the scoring courses. I think that's the yeah. 
There's one in March, March the 7th, I think it was, mm. electronic scoring, which I, I may well be attending myself. Yeah, Don't worry though, Nicky, I'm not after your job. <laughs> no, because you've got ours, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> which nicely moves us on. Okay, so we now move on to our next section, which is called Ask a John. Again, a lot of imagination's gone into this uh, title. And again, you got it wrong. Ask Ashton. Thank you. I thought Ash asked, Ask Ashton was the first round. No, it's all about Ashton. All about Ashton. Yeah. Um, That's what I thought as well. Actually. So, so we asked the Twitter sphere and the Facebook uh, world, as well as uh, ourselves, uh, for some questions to ask John. <clears throat> and the first one we're going to go with is batting for time on Twitter. Has asked, having been an avid rugby player and coach, how do you think we should address the respect of the officials in Shropshire? where cricket officials won't discipline players as Shropshire Disciplinary Committee of one issue, mandatory four-week minimum playing ban for all reported offences. <coughs> right. Well, the playing conditions are the playing conditions. So everybody knows the playing conditions for that competition at the time that start, which is discussed with the umpires and the captains at the time. So before the toss... There is that, that 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 conversation, and so it's absolutely clear what the, um, the 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 playing conditions are, and which includes the disciplinary that have put in place. Now, I I <laughs> I understand where I think that question is going um, about the fact that it's possible to say, well, look, you know, for that a four week potential is too much. I get that. Um, what what I genuinely think has happened is is I don't think it happens very often. I think the actual respect for umpires in Shropshire is very good, uh, and it is in Birmingham League, um, and because players want to play the game, um, and if you've got to bear in mind it's a competitive game, it's also a frustrating game, mm. and people get frustrated. Things you know you can bowl a bat over, or you you get a dunk, and you're frustrating your your whole day's over. Um, so there is that part of it which needs to be taken into consideration and I think genuinely a lot of umpires do take that into consideration um, it's just nip it in the bud manage it before it gets to that stage ideally so if someone's getting frustrated you have a quiet word with the captain and say look just have a word with Bill George whoever right and just say just calm them down a little bit just a quiet little word so you're nipping it before it actually happens so there's a lot of work that's done on game management in, in umpiring um, and that's, that's generally the way that a lot of umpires would like to do it um, and, and you, know, you know at the end of the day if, if there's an umpire all, you, all you're trying to do is officiate the game to happen mm. just literally make the game happen would you, would, you have, would you have liked to have umpired yourself? <laughs> that's a good question I'll tell you what I'd probably rather umpired myself than captained myself <laughs> how's that cool yeah I think that answers it <laughs> so uh, Keith Yap um, asks whoa Keith Yap <laughs> Keith Yap asks hi John you've played for a few teams over the years <laughs> Shawbury Hanwood Acton Reynolds and Sentinel Brackets. He's missed, he's missed out Mary. Oh, you're slipping there. 
brackets, not as many as Joss though, end of brackets, or parenthesis, as we should say. Um, which which was your favourite club from all of them? Uh, before he starts, it is more than me. Carry on. I, no, I have no favourites. As I said earlier, they, they you know, Sentinel's been exceptionally good to me, uh, and still is. So Sentinel. But, but they all have. <laughs> uh, is very good to me. I nearly, I nearly quit playing before I went to Ponsbury. Um and Matthew persuaded me to play and I thoroughly enjoyed that so um, you know big thanks to Matthew Boswell for that but it, it, it's no I have no favourites I loved every minute with all of them Kate Harris Bomber Girl 30 and Henry Dawson Henry R.C. Dawson ask who are who are the <laughs> best batsmen and a bowler you have played with two uh, L's two T's yeah, it's not you, Joss. Um, Put your hand down, James. There, there, there actually have been a, a, a number. It's very difficult to single it out. Um, there have been a, a number. I've been lucky enough to play with a number of very good players. You know, the likes of um, uh, Mark Davis, Ian Taylor, for example, um, Mike Griffiths. Um, I mean, Ma Matthew's probably the most destructive uh, batsman mm. I've ever played mm. with. Um, but I. I, I Technically, I, and and just star wise, I'd probably say Dave Marvel was the best batsman. Mm. Good choice. Um, mm. And you know, I remember he was he was he was playing for Acton Rail one game, and he and he goes out, and I'm thinking, right, yeah, okay, Dave, go and score some runs, mate. Third ball duck, and he's walking. That was back. one of the few Saturdays he played, wasn't it? Yeah, and, he, and, yeah. He, and he's walking back, and he's and he and he's just got a smile on his face, going, "Oops, that's exactly all he said was oops." Other people yeah. would have been going, oh, I don't know. We played oh, against Dave for Witchett seconds um, last last season, and uh, Dave, Dave scored nearly 400 against us or something, but he came in at five with 10 overs to go, perhaps, and got 97. He's just phenomenal. It's just a class act. Still. Yeah, it's a class act. Yeah. Um, and on the bowling front, I'd probably have to say, I mean, Neil Clarkson. That you and I have both played with Neil uh, Pearson, Neil, Neil Clarkson. Oh, Clarkson. Yeah, Clarko. Um, I mean, Guy Johnson. There's a, there was there was one of the best oh, bowlers. Still, still, still um, he's back at Reynolds now, isn't he? And, and then I would say, you know, the other one that people tend to, and I didn't, I didn't play that many games with Sean. Sean Astley was a fantastic bowler. Was he? Oh, he was absolutely. I don't know if I've ever seen him bowl. And then he 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 damaged his ankle and never really recovered. But his lads, his lads can bowl, certainly. Yeah, and he mm. was an outstanding bowler. So I would probably put Guy Johnson up there. Well. On a on a similar note, Niall Salisbury would like to ask, who is the best batsman and bowler you have umpired? <laughs> oh, there's been a number of those. I would I would rattle off uh, very quickly about five: uh, Gareth Andrews, uh, Ombersley, Daryl Mitchell uh, for Brockhampton. Daryl, uh, when he just single-handedly destroyed Bridge North. It was it was a fantastic innings and fantastic bowl. Uh, Charlie Morris from Bridge North. Um, Jack Haynes, when he came and played for uh, Ombersley, cracked up a, a wonderful ton um, in one of the last games I did. Um, and Adam Finch for Wolverhampton, um, very good player. So that those those were the ones I'd say were, were up there. And you could also add Tom Fell to that. There, there was a number of really good players, mm. really good players. Uh, a couple on a on a quite similar similar note. Don Bradburn, Dominic Bradburn, uh, friend like of the to, podcast, friend of the podcast, would like to ask honest thoughts on some of the ridiculous lengths on some LBW appeals. 
and also who have we got we've got Keith Tate would like to know why if you play a sweep shot and you miss it are you always out LBW <laughs> irrespectively of where the where the ball irrespective of where the ball pitches whether it hits you in line or not or whether it hits the stumps or not asking for a friend winky face sounds very personal that one doesn't it <laughs> uh, um, um, yeah well I t if, I, if I'll do that with the um, the, the last one first um, you shouldn't it doesn't necessarily mean that if you're playing a sweep you're going to be given out if you miss it um, the, if you want to always avoid being given out LBW don't miss it but um, if you're playing a sweep and the ball is hitting outside the line it's not it's not hitting to the to the, to the conditions that are needed to give you LBW it shouldn't be given mm -hmm. now um, that's 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 what it is, and every umpire is going to go and run by that that those laws. So that's you know I understand it, it may have happened, um, or it may you know I don't know a batsman that's never has, has ever said yeah I was out on that one, or a bowler that's, that said yeah he was he was he was not out on that one. You, you know that that sort of happens, but technically it shouldn't happen. Um, the length of appeals. Yeah, the, the strange thing is, obviously, if, if 11 people go up for an appeal, um, you, you think it's quite vociferous. Um, as a, but don't forget, you can just turn around and ask the umpire, how was that? And it doesn't make any difference to whether you're going to give it or not. Mm. Um, it does, Do you, I mean, it does help It does help if the bowler, actually, is one of those people that's appealing. Well, I was going to say, well, if the keeper doesn't back you up, then and, that's a fair and, sign and of his... Yeah. There, there is some, there yeah, is some yeah. doubt in there. Um, but but, but, but surely, surely if there's it. 11 people screaming at you and not one bowler politely inquiring how is that umpire yeah you're going to have a human nature or the strength of the appeal but yeah. technically so therefore, it doesn't matter so therefore it when one person goes up they should all go up because it gives you more chance well it gives me more chance no it, no sorry it gives the team more chance yeah of and I would still say it doesn't matter if 11 yeah. people yeah. And, and 1400 people go up yeah and I and and, it, and the batsman has a knitter, or uh, I think it's missing leg stump, uh, or it's pitched outside leg stump. Whichever reason, well, I want, I, I, but I absolutely, John. Boom, and, and, and your opinion is the only one that matters. I absolutely get that. But uh, but what I'm saying is, one bowler politely asking how was that umpire? Eleven people screaming in your face. Ah! I hope no one's got headphones in. <laughs> You're not a bowler then, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Never had a decision. <laughs> okay, so um, but yeah, it, 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 is, it is that, and you know, you can appeal. And don't forget, excessive appealing is a level one offence. Yeah. Yeah. So, so Jace Summers um, would like to know your thoughts on leg side wides as most players seem to be against the profile wide rule he then finishes it off with saying that anything down leg for him yeah and I would I would um, I, and I get it and I understand exactly where James is going from on that one the the consistency is the issue that every player wants mm. that's, that's what every player wants and that's what everybody wants to try and give you've got to bear in mind the playing conditions of the competition so if that competition quite clearly states in their playing regs that uh, you can be generous down the leg, leg side, if it's in that playing condition, it's explained at the start of the, uh, in, in the, the umpires, and it is a very important conversation with the captains mm. before the mm. toss, mm. really important, I can't stress how important that is. 
but that is then explained that the playing conditions are understood. So if you are playing and it is those playing conditions, then that's what is going to be interpreted and that's what's going to be ruled on. Now, if you want to change those playing conditions, that's that's speaking to the legal, speaking mm. to the to the people that be on that. Do, but from an official you, point of view. Do you not think is it maybe not a bit harsh on for example, if you've got an off spinner that's turning it miles and he's pitching on middle and it's going leg side of the batsman, you're widening him even though it's pitched on middle. Well, he harsh. Should, he conditions, should, conditions of the you know, playing conditions of the competition. Yeah. So it's going yeah. to be interpreted as, no, as I, are the laws of the competition. I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm just saying because I have it indoors sometimes when you have people. It's a, it's a good ball to be honest. It pitches on off stump. Yeah. And turns leg side of the batsman. You got to give it wider. I, I agree with you. I just I just sometimes think don't turn it so much. <laughs> it's never been your problem, was it? <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> okay. Not bowler John. Um, so so we're going to go around the table here before uh, we finish up with a question from Alex Biddle. Um, my question would be, um, as a fellow umpire... Let me guess, Alex's question must be about ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> um, if, there was, if there was one thing that you would like to get across to cricketers, of like one single rule or one kind of thing that you would like to demyth right now about umpiring or rules in cricket, what would, what would be the main thing that you would like to debunk? What's the biggest problem that you get, like... Well, stunned with that one. Um, the oh, that that's that's a tricky one. I mean, um, umpires are just there to to get to officiate the game, get mm. the game going. So if if they can, uh, if nobody notices them, happy days. Um, and 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 that's what they're there for. Mm. They're only there to get the game officiated, done to the laws. Um, and interpreted those laws so that the game can happen and that's the mm. important bit mm. it's the game can happen um, and mm. that that I would suggest is is the stronger one um, and I, I you know I, I, would, I would just like to say that I think it's, it's a case of every umpire is out there to do their, their very very best to enable that to happen because mm. we I mean I think it was a couple maybe three years ago it was a very damp start to the season as you know Albury's a very damp pitch and we, we had a number of games that were called off by the umpires because it was deemed unsafe mm -hmm. and obviously we have to respect this and we don't get to play it's just frustrating when everyone else they're playing because they've got a dry pitch uh, okay yes maybe we need to sort our pitch out but it's I think I heard something about umpires can can get sued if if well, there was there was there was a there was a, a, a law case that that went out over two umpires because they played the game um, because one side wanted to play it and the other side didn't, but they yeah. then played it um, and then you know and, and and everybody wants to play everybody, including the umpires, wants to play the game. Yeah. yeah. And they they then had this law case because one of the players, I believe, um, I don't know too much about it, but broke broke the leg or ankle and then decided to sue it. Now, mm -hmm. all 12, all, 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 I wasn't there, but obviously all everybody concerned said, yeah, no, we're more than happy to play. So that was happened. Now, because of that, they then, they've now put the principle in place. So there is a precedent that if, uh, I mean, there is nine guidelines, mm. ACB guidelines. And if one of those is a no, the umpires would say it's, yeah. it's, not, mm -hmm. it's not safe to play. Because it's a hell of a lot of pressure, to be fair, if you can get, 
done if something happens and you absolutely have yeah, to get that and, right and and you're going to get you know you could be halfway through a game and one Things side change. is one side's up mm. and then they're, they're thinking we can win this and the last thing and every and every captain's the same and that's mm. that's the other thing that I, uh, umpires don't understand is the fact that you know you're going to get that oh, come yeah. on I, I, yeah, I want to play yeah, yeah. and and you do and the umpires want to play trust mm. me they all want to play that game mm. the only thing is they will look at that press and they will look at those guidelines and say look I, I've got to know there you know yeah, around yeah, the 30 yeah, yard yeah, perimeter yeah, yeah. I've got to know so I cannot do it and there's nothing more frustrating because then the sun comes out and yeah. you've got a you've got a yeah, water yeah, pit yeah. and you can't you can't get on. Mm. Yeah, it's frustrating. Get that, yeah. Jamie. Yeah. Uh, no, I just wondered about your personal aspirations. So you're currently on the Birmingham League panel. Yeah. Um, well respected on the Birmingham League panel. Um, how do you go higher? Yeah. And would you like to? Uh, and also, if you would like to, would you be prepared to retire from Sundays for the Sentinel Threes in order to progress higher? If you ha if if, if Jamie fishing for reasons. It's a lot I of questions. Like yeah. I, I can like say, it. which one do you want me to answer first? Um, I, I would do it the same as everything else. I always wanted to play to the high standard I could play at, whatever that would be. Um, and I would also like to umpire to the high standard I could get to, the best that I could do. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to go further. Yes, I would work hard to get to go further if that's, if, if that's attainable and I can manage it. You know, I can do yeah. it. If I'm if I'm doing good enough to do that, then yeah, I'd like to go as far as I far as I far as I could. Um, there's a long way to go, um, and there's a lot of work to be done. But I'm dead keen to do it, and you know, with the help around, you know, such as the ones I met, Tom, Anthony, um, Alan Seville, um, and David Garrett. It, it, there's a lot of people that are there to help, mm. um, and and I'm learning. So yeah, I'd like to go as far as I possibly can, and then I know I've done it. The uh, would I give up with Sunday? Well, I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll cross that bridge when, when we come, come to it. it. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> okay, so the final question we had was from Alex Biddle, who asks Ask John if any ice cream trucks have been putting him <laughs> off recently. <laughs> uh, yeah, my friends at Quad, I, I, you know, there are some we, we are lucky in Shropshire because we've got some fantastic grounds with some fantastic clubs with fantastic people there. Uh, and quite a one of them was another one. There are stacks. Um, the hospitality quite is fantastic. Now this this story, uh, no, it's only ever happened uh, with a with a, an ice cream van uh, playing his tune at the time of a ball being delivered and a wicket falling. Um, it's I think it's distraction. But anyway, let's can I ask on. how you reacted, John, when you uh, when you were I'm, out? I'm, I'm, I, it wasn't actually. See, this is the misnomer. It wasn't actually me. It was actually Ryan. <laughs> and, uh, and and I think I was more vociferous about it than he was. Yes, probably. Um, possibly. Um, but it stuck. And then the funny thing is that for years afterwards, we'd take either I'd get an ice cream there or I'd make sure there was one for them at Sentinel. And it, it's, it's, it's carried on. And it's fantastic. And it's still taught to over a beer in their wonderful clubhouse now. And it's, it is a funny story. Good yeah, stuff. It is. I got so, so, John, obviously... Uh, you moved away to Birmingham League now, but when you when you umpired Shropshire, obviously you've you've got you've been a big player in Shropshire cricket for a long time. You you know, and if you don't mind me saying, you've probably had run-ins with quite a number of people, but but you've got relationships with a lot of the people you're umpiring. It, does that do you think that helps you, or does it hinder you as an umpire when you're <laughs> when you're umpiring? Um, I think the thing the ones we had run-ins with. Um, 
you know we all shook on it afterwards yeah. um and and I, and I think they know that I know they play the game hard and they also know that I'd play the game hard um and, and I don't think it, it counts one way or the other I think it's a question of um how they feel that the game's gone that's been conducted and the rest of it from there mm. um you know there there are, there, are, there are some great great characters in in, in the Shropshire league um, and they and they and you know they're, they're very good players, and they want to they want to do their best. They want to win it. So I don't I don't think it's 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 detrimental, but or, or or an advantage. I just think it's there might be an assistance in the fact that I know the game and I know frustrations in it. I was going to say, and, the, and the fact the fact that you played the game means you know it better. It's probably yeah, but so, you know, yeah, the, the, yeah. but you, you take the the other the other Shropshire umpires that have gone into the boom, Tim Barber. Very good player, and he's, he's now very good very on good player player. In, yeah. in Birmingham League. Um, you know, uh, Duncan's up there. There's uh, Alan. There you go, Alan. Uh, Alan Willie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's there's um, there's some very very good umpires that fr from Shropshire up there that I'm I'm trying to learn from. Mm. So it, it's um, I think it's a question of just saying, well, you know, yeah, the, the, there's the, the, they're gauging it on how you operate the game, not. All oh, right. Well, it's you know, it's it's John Ashton had a running with him. Yeah, and quite rightly. Yeah, yeah. I think I think one of the main things that came across when we did this is lots of people actually, instead of sending questions, actually started sending their own thoughts on you as a person. And it it was like Michael McIntyre sent to all <laughs> John Ashton. Straight notes. And wow. Marcus Clayton, good man, John, the hardest playing cricketer I've ever been on the pitch with right down to the winning run or wicket, but immediately after an absolute gent. Harry Chandler, ask him how his head was on Sunday the 16th of September. Yeah, that was very delicate. No, that was delicate. Um, Don Bradburn, in all seriousness, a winner on the pitch, one of the best umpires on the circuit now, and a good guy off it, should be a good listen. John Ashton, this um, is your life. <laughs> <laughs> Jed Edwards. How, how, how much have you had to pay these people? <laughs> Jed Edwards. Um, first time I ever played against John, he was at Acton Reynolds, abused the shit out of me whilst bowling, kicked the stumps over after finishing his spell and then continued to You'll abuse You'll be editing that out because you've already done it. I was 15, absolutely <laughs> loved it. He's a top bloke and a very good umpire. Leon Burnley also said that you did a similar thing Including booting the stumps in much when. There's a theme. There's a theme running here. It's don't forget. It's a level one offence. So. In, 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 uh, in the much when lock in door league, first time I saw him. Sean Astley said, like, "How has his golf improved?" Sean's, Carl, cheek, Sean's cheeky because I've actually beat him on that uh, golf. Carl Starling played against John versus Pontsbury. He was bowling to me when I was younger and able to hit the ball more often. I hit him for six, huge sledge, huge, huge sledge from him. I hit him for six next ball, another sledge, got a ton. He came to me at the end and said, fair play, good guy and top umpire. That's kindness, thank um, you. batsman, Carl. Uh, Finchie, yeah. Finchie Senior said, ask him about the day he turned up with Hadnor for the cancelled league game at Newport during the foot and mouth. I've got to be honest, I don't remember this at all. I'm okay. sorry. And Niall Salisbury <laughs> again asks him about all former captains and asks him about the hat stomping incident. <laughs> well, I think the hat stomping incident is um, a slight disagreement between in the field that, you know, I love playing with Mike Griffiths. I love batting with him. Batting with him was, was phenomenally great. 
but occasionally we disagreed on, on field placings. And I should have known better because Mike's, Mike's, Mike knows his stuff. And I disagreed with one of them. And I put my hat, <laughs> just threw my cap on the floor. <laughs> and then I, and I stomped on. So who's the best captain you've played under? Oh, um, there's, there's been a number of very good ones. Uh, the best one is Ian Ramsey. I thought you were going to say that. Yeah. Uh, Ian, Ian, I mean, you know, Mark Davis is good. Um, um, Matthew, Matthew Buzzle is very good and inspiring. Uh, Ian, yeah, he, people have forgotten um, less about about cricket than he knows. I mean, mm. he's just he, he, he's just phenomenally good. He's an exceptionally good leader, mm. uh, and and a lot of fun to play with. And we had a lot of fun playing. Uh, under Ian as a I, I agree, yeah, because I was at Reynolds in those days. Fantastic. He'd look after yeah. you, he'd, 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 you know, he'd make me open occasionally, which I disagree with at the time, but I still did it. Um, but no, Ian, Ian was phenomenal. So yeah, Ian Ramsey. Mm. Fantastic. So I think that really sums up everything that we could ask you, John, and um, <laughs> which nicely moves us on to Jamie Martindale's favourite topic. And here we are with transfer rumours. Okay, so transfer rumours and um, well, at the end of the last podcast and kind of from the AGM I was hearing quite a few bits and bobs and uh, quite a lot of things and uh, quite a few of them have um, been confirmed A lot of like rumours anymore, I suspect Yeah, a lot of them have been confirmed transfers So, Jamie Yeah, we've got a longer confirmed list than rumours list uh, <laughs> this episode Um so Callum and Kyle Marsh from Kund to Sentinel, that's been confirmed. I think nailed on, is it? That's now nailed yeah. on, that's been wow. announced. I think we knew that a while ago, didn't we really? Mm. Um, but that's now been confirmed. Uh, young, um, is it opening batsman Matty Simmons? Or t- Wellington. Certain, yeah, from yeah, Wellington, yeah, 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 certainly yeah, top yeah, order batsman. Yeah. I think he's dabbled in the Shropshire um, youth elite squads, yeah. maybe under-19s. Uh, he's gone to Bridge North wow. from Wellington, so a step yeah. up a step up there. Yeah. Um, we've got the Millers. Uh, to Quat from St George's to to Quat, uh, that's also confirmed. And then this one, a little bit out of the blue, a good friend of ours, Jack Case, has also left Kund and has joined All Scott. Yes, I did. I did hear that. I was quite quite surprised. I'll be honest with you. Well, we discussed yeah. it, didn't we? You, you told me on on WhatsApp, and yeah. at first I didn't actually believe it. Yeah. Um, it was out of the blue. I can mm. understand it. Mm. I think he's been offered the gloves. Is that right? I think he's he's got the gloves and he's going to open the bat. I mean, he opened the batting at Kund anyway, but um, and he was captain at Kund as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't realise he was going to open as well, is he? Okay, I, I so believe I believe so. But um, I don't know. It's 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 a shame Kund Kund have lost a number of players. I, I mean, you might go on to a couple more yet, but mm-hmm. you know, the, the Marsh brothers and and Jack is massive. And I believe Graham Trow is going to going to captain the seconds. Yeah. Which, mean, which means obviously he won't be in the first either so it's it's, str- I think that's is that slightly strange timing I mean I know Troy has been keen on playing seconds for a couple of years mm, hasn't he yeah. um, but with Jack leaving with Callum leaving uh, uh, particularly, well, uh, particularly Jack yeah so it's your two um, I mean batsman basically isn't yeah. it but, yeah it's definitely going to be an interesting time to be a good cricketer I think with all of the things and especially some of the rumours that are flying around of other people possibly leaving you know we don't want to we don't want to start transfer rumours during this transfer, transfer rumours section. section. No, we don't, we don't start rumours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't know if you are, I hear Kenny Hamer's moving on to, to Newtown as well. 
Yeah, well, I believe. Yeah, we, we believe that, don't we? Right, I mean, um, and that not just from a playing perspective, in terms of all the admin he does for the club as well, it's going to be a. Yeah, it's off the field, isn't it? A, a big loss, yeah. Uh, and then the final one we've got is uh, also got again with their overseas announcement. Mm. Uh, Chris Coombe, or Coombe, mm. I'm not sure how you pronounce it. Um, a Namibian. Oh, no, I, I, I don't, don't, I don't I think don't it's know. that. No. <laughs> uh, a Namibian international. Mm. So potentially very exciting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I believe played in was it 2015 T20 World Cup qualifiers. Yeah, so wow. might go and uh, bowler batsman all rounder. All rounder, I think. Oh, well, I think right. he's had six. I think it was 61 first class games. Mm. Um, so he can clearly play. I would have thought. Be good. Yeah. Might be a new name for your list, John, of uh, <laughs> best players you've umpired. He won't umpire that lower standard. No, Birmingham <laughs> League now. It's <laughs> a compliment. It's a compliment. Yeah, it was, yeah. Premier yeah, League, just... Premier League clubs send your complaints to Joss Elliott <laughs> at googlemail.com. Oh yes, good point. Uh, so that's it for the confirmed ones. Uh, mm. We've got a couple of other rumours. Um, something Andy told us. Um, a week or so ago, uh, ago. Uh, Dave Laird not quite sure where he's going mm. uh, I've heard this potentially too. Sentinel I, I, he I heard this at the AGM someone was uh, telling me that they thought that he was potentially going to uh, Sentinel which back would be quite inter I, interesting I, I, considering he I, went I, back to I New think, Zealand yeah season. I think he's had a few offers I think Cause I, I spoke to um, Ed Ashton Sentinel captain last night and he he, they're certainly aware of his interest at coming to Sentinel he, he wouldn't confirm anything so, so I don't know mm. uh, I, th I, I think there's a number of clubs mm. I don't know really, I've ever seen him play he's a yeah, very a very mm. very good player mm. Mm. also a few other things that I heard floating around the AGM was um, that apparently St George's aren't getting in overseas have you heard anything about this Jay? Uh, yeah I have heard that um, and I've also heard that uh, Shrewsbury 1's won't be getting in overseas but their, their 2's will yeah, that'd be interesting. That, uh, I don't know if you've heard I've, that, James. Did you, did you pick that up? Yeah, well, I've heard that as well. Yeah. I've, uh, why, why would you do that? I, I don't really get that, to be honest. I think your ones are playing in Birmingham. I, I think. Birmingham I think if you, first division. I think Shrewsbury finished second, and they're kind of like, I think from what I hear, Bucks have got a lot of money, and they're bankrolled to kind of like Man City proportions in the Birmingham league, to where they're playing. They're paying quite hefty standard of play. But is, uh, isn't, that there for, they're, they're isn't that there for all the more reason to get a pro? To try, to try and close that gap, yeah, yeah possibly. Yeah. Yeah. But then, Especially as the twos can't get promoted. But then possibly, yeah. aren't they, by getting an overseas in their twos, maybe that's to guarantee that their second eleven are playing a good standard of cricket, maybe. But also, I think, didn't, didn't last season they try to get an overseas for both their ones and twos and then found out they couldn't and then tried to offload someone? Didn't, is that? Or I, I, I just, don't know. Am I making stuff up? Probably like you made up the name of the team that won the Birmingham speaking, League. Well, you make up transfer rumours every week. Hey, well, you know, <laughs> speaking, speaking, speaking of speaking of Shrewsbury, uh, Matthew Hartshorn actually filled me in with a, a little tasty little rumour that he he's heard on the grapevine that Bradley Thornton is uh, maybe on his way out and going back, to, back to Allscott. Allscott. Yeah, true. Allscott making some big moves if that's if that's true. Yeah, I mean, I think with the two with the two confirmed. And then potentially Thornton. I mean, that's three fantastic signs, isn't it, for, yeah. for the Premier Division? Mm -hmm. And, and they're really trying to sort of sustain um, their place in the Premier Division after mm -hmm. obviously narrowing, narrowly escaping the drop last mm -hmm. time round. But that looks, you know, minimum of two really good signings there. Mm -hmm. I don't know, when you haven't mentioned it, I did hear that Neil Pearson. I, don't, I know John will certainly know him because he played with him at Acton Old. He's coming out of retirement. 
and I, I heard he's going to Beacon because because obviously you've lost Lee Pickford, so you're looking for a replacement. He, he, he's a similar player to Lee. You know, he, he can't bat and he can't bowl. <laughs> okay, Lee, well, I'm only joking. I okay. do know. Um, well, actually, Lee's had the shortest retirement in history. Lee's come out of retirement. So he retired he, for the winter. He retired he for the hibernated. winter. <laughs> but he's continued his good outdoor form indoor. And yeah. he's confirmed he will be playing, not every game next season, but he, he is not retiring and he will be well, participating in our I'm, first I'm next very season. pleased to hear that because I like Lee a lot. Yeah. Well, that makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not sure how Neil Pearson will react to that because he might be in your seconds. Well, possibly. I mean, I, I, I don't actually know Neil. I mean, I know you and, and John know him. Um, and have potentially played with him in the past. Yep. Uh, I don't yeah. know. Well, but it'll be interesting to see where he ends up anyway. Yeah, well, no comment. I, I don't comment okay. on Beacon okay. well, Chelsea. Until, glad... they're, until they're done. I'm glad Lee's playing again. Yeah. That is good. Talking of transfer rumours that are close to home, uh, there's been quite a lot of talk from some certain Monty players that we've been getting just on there. Um, well, yeah, there has. You know more than I do, but I know that um, they've been attending your cow corner net, or certainly one of them has. Um, are we allowed to name names? <laughs> um, I, th- I think I think we leave them anonymous for okay. their process. Yes, well, we've had attendance at our cow corner nets from some Montgomery players who have uh, expressed an interest in joining Ogilvy. Uh It's it's nothing to do with me, to be honest. All the politics behind this. Um, it's down to our first team captain, I mm. think, to decide. And he's done the right thing. He said, "Get him to nets in the new year when we start netting, mm. and let's have a look." Well, we do. We are. We are. We are in. We are in constant contact yeah. with uh, a variety of players. Who I wonder. Sometimes you wonder whether they kind of tell us things to kind of improve their own kind of marketability, yeah. marketability, well, and make make people know that they are on on the market. On the market. Yeah. But there are there have been. There has been a player or two or three who have come forward to us and said that um, yeah, there may be one or two people leaving Monty. No, yeah, there was there were lots of there were lots of rumours flying around at the AGM and uh, lots of other interesting bits. But um, yeah, I think I think that moves us on from our rumours. And Joss, we can have a quick indoor update. Okay, Joss. So over to you. And where better to start than the Premier Cricket Indoor League than the Wheatland Indoor League? I'm presuming it's only the Premier One because it's the only one you play in. Is that right? <laughs> and I presume this is Sundawn we're talking about. Yes. Yeah. 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 Just to clear that. So, up. so to be honest, there, there's not been that many surprises as far as I'm concerned. Well, that, that's a lie. To be honest, at the top of Division One, Grasshoppers played six one six. No surprise there. They are such a strong outfit. They'll take some beating. But to be fair, Beacon, they're only three points behind. They've only, they only The only team they've lost to is Grasshoppers. They've beaten everyone else. Uh, going really, really strong guns. My, my own personal team, Grasshoppers B, we had a couple of wins on the bounce, which has helped us out. So we're up to, up to fourth now. The only surprise to me in this division is how Frankton have still not won a game. A couple of seasons ago, you know, they, they were, I think they finished second challenging grasshoppers and that they've pretty much got the same team like Tom Wilkie's availability is not as good as as it has been in previous years which probably makes a difference because he's a, he's a destructive indoor player if he gets in with bat and ball um, yeah so they, they've not won a game yet so, so they're rooting to the bottom Willie won one we've won two and Shelton Adapted to live quite quite nicely in Division One, having been promoted there at third. They were quite a strong outfit. We we've had two tremendous games against Shelton. The first game we lost on the last ball. I, I needed to hit a four, and we, we only got two, so we lost by one run. 
and last week we lost on the penultimate ball so two fantastic games unfortunately we were just the wrong side of the result but um yeah division yeah, two division two uh again i'm not surprised that kund are running away with it no having been relegated last year they've played six one six well i'd like i'd like to say that i uh, my my pre-season predictions are uh, coming quite true yeah but the, no, no one's got any record two. of them james Gund, well led by Mohamed Qureshi. Six wins out of six, did you say? Job. The overseas pro doing a fantastic job. Co yeah, Kund running away with it in Division 2 and Condover in a nice second place. Condover in second. Albury slipped third. up twice, haven't they now? I think. Yeah, lost, lost to Condover and Shelton. Um, lost to Condover and Kund, yeah. Yeah. Kai Glass struggling at the bottom, having, having not won yet. But but fair play to them. They, you know, they, they persevere under under Gary Davis's fantastic captaincy. Mm. Um, Proper leader of men. Church Stretton, they, they've got a couple of young lads who, who I think from Central, you mentioned them earlier actually, Owen Morris and Austin Morris. Yeah. So they're so playing at Church Stretton now. Very, very promising cricketers, to be yeah. fair. Yeah. I think Finley, they're, they're well. really helping them out, to be fair. Okay, so let's move it on to the Pontsbury League. Yeah, so um, there's no real surprise that Grasshoppers remain unbeaten. They've played 4 1 4. But it's it's shaping up to be a, a really good league this year, I think. Um, Beacon played three one three, so they're also unbeaten. They've got a massive top of the table clash on. Is it the nineteenth, Jay? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So against Grasshopper, so obviously that's going to be a, a massive blockbuster, massive game. Um, but there's, I mean, I play for Acton Reynolds in this league. I, I think we're out of it now. We've lost twice already. We lost to Grasshoppers and we lost to Beacon. Um, so it's a bit bit too much for us to do now. But uh, Montier, they're still. I mean, they've got thirty-six points, but they've played five. They've lost a couple as well, so I think they're unlikely to challenge now. But Albury, they've only played three. They've they've only lost one. So you know they've got AJ playing for them now. They've got Mark Jones, who's a stalwart of indoor cricket. Can I just give a big shout out to the Albury B team who have won two games this season? absolutely smashing it and find themselves in fourth absolutely fantastic considering they went last season only winning one game inspirational leader James Lee isn't it, yeah, it where, where, everything he touches turns to gold apart from his score sheets yes which are a disgrace <laughs> well no technically they do turn to gold but the, the they do variety. by the time I put them online <laughs> but they're, they're made of dog shit when I get them I turn them into gold <laughs> Anyway, so is that, is that enough? Glad you've got that off your chest. <laughs> a bit bitter about that one, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but yeah, it's shaping up to be a good league. Um, unfortunately, at the bottom, Monty B yet to win a game. But but we play them; they they are getting stronger. They've got uh, Rob Udall plays for them now. He's, he's a really decent cricketer, to be fair, and a mm -hmm. nice bloke. So they're they're getting much much closer games. They they will get some wins before very long at all. Yeah, and that just leaves us with the Recon Indoor League, where Grasshoppers lead the way in Recon 11, um, leading the way with 18 points and three games played. Shropshire Disability finding themselves in second with 12 points. Uh, apparently they had a very good game, uh, those two, the other day. And But yeah, no surprise to see Grasshoppers at the top. With Maidley finding themselves in third, two points behind Shropshire Disability. Old Brighton uh, with six points in fourth and Lillishaw on minus four. So that's quite interesting. Have you got minus, minus four? four. Mm, possibly team can probably conceded gains or possibly 
or dodgy score sheets. Mm, I'm not quite sure. There'd be a lot of teams in minus figures in the Ponsby League if we did that. In, uh, <laughs> In, uh, in you should see his face behind his microphone. Really, it's, it's really disgusting. not funny. You really are seething about really this, not. aren't you? Well, let me, right, I have to put them online, right? So I get a score sheet in. It's got no bowlers' names, which is a minimum requirement, really, if you're trying to put it online. How do you do that? Oh, it was Joe Bloggs bowled the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth over. And he took all the catches. <laughs> yes, I'm angry. Yeah, well, you're not bitter about this. <laughs> well, we, we had Mohammed Qureshi take all wickets and all run-outs. Oh, we, we, we ought uh, to actually do a shout-out for that. That is genuine. Yeah, absolutely. Mohammed Thomas Abdul Qureshi. <laughs> three wickets and three run-outs. And yet there's only six wickets to take indoor. So we got all six of the... Who are you playing again? Uh, Monty A. That's it, Monty A. Last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All six wickets. All six. He took all six. Fair yeah. play to... And you know what? The funny thing is... He didn't actually bowl or field that well, and he'll tell you that. Yeah. But you cannot take it away from him. Or I don't know if it's, has it happened before. I mean, I've, I've not. I, 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 I don't battle or bowl or field well every week, mate. I don't. Agreed. That's correct. So uh, I don't think. <laughs> I think it happens all the time. He's expecting everyone. So yes, you do. I've only seen you play once, and I would agree. Once with more that. than I am. <laughs> once more than I am. <laughs> But anyway, uh, in Reekin 8, uh, Schiffnall lead the way uh, on 18 points. Uh, they're ahead by net run rate uh, of St George's, who are in second, also on 18 points. And Newport, who are in third on 18 points. But Newport have played five games to everyone else's three. Lillishall find themselves on no points, uh, as do Wellington and Forton, who have only played the one game. Game. Is there no bonus points available? No, three teams are on no points. Well, none we of us are, play in it, so I know. Well, well, we, we are missing our resident Reekin specialist, Reekin specialist, but um, apparently he's working, and by which uh, he means out for dinner. Out for dinner. Um, so he might be repairing chairs. Well, <laughs> do you know what? I was about to mention that. And it's a, it, I mean, Josh, can you tell us, please? Why you've got a different chair to the to the other three of us in this room tonight? I can indeed. So normally, it's a very nice chair. Thank you. It's actually stolen or borrowed, I should say, from downstairs in the clubhouse. But yes, we, we, I normally have a, a set matching set of four chairs. Uh, unfortunately, after the last podcast, the one that Andrew Harrison was sitting on broke. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why it was one Andy was sat on that broke when. We've all got the identical chairs. So was he talking through his hundred that he got in the Birmingham League while sitting on this? I know what it'd be. It would be he was talking through his ass. But no, yeah. So that brings us to an end <laughs> of our indoor updates, and yeah, onto onto the uh, conclusion. So. We come to the end of another episode, and what I now think is possibly going to end up being our Christmas special, even though it's nothing to do with Christmas or had anything really kind of like distinctly Christmassy. And we, we have done a secret Santa. Santa. I was going to say, I thought yeah. we were doing a secret Santa for the yeah. Christmas special. Uh, we'll probably have to try and fit one more in before Christmas, I think, maybe. Uh, it might be a struggle for me. Yeah, but Busy anyway. Man. Um, so yeah, it's been been an interesting interesting podcast getting to know about all the couple of different officials uh, who are in, who've based in Shropshire who are at the 
the top of their game, so to speak. Absolutely, it's been been great to um, to listen to Claire and Holly and their stories around scoring, and and to have John here as well has been really good to get an insight into into not only his his umpiring but also his 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 whole career really because he's, mm. he's he's quite a character in Shropshire cricket to be fair so gr- great to have him on board so thank mm. you John it's a pleasure thank you very much for having me no uh, yeah so it's been yeah it's been it's been great and uh, once again you know if you have any questions any feedback or anything do let us know uh, please like and share we are on Spotify SoundCloud iTunes well Apple Podcasts so you can find us on all of these different streams. Let us know what you think about the new uh, audio setup, whether you can tell the difference or whether you can't you tell at all. Um, also, if you are interested in Cal Corner Live, please keep letting us know because we are going to try and organise it very soon. So keep your eyes out for that. And also a few bit more, few bits more merchandise of stuffs we're going to be bringing out. We're going to be bringing out some jumpers, t-shirts, bat stickers all sorts and we also have a patreon which we have um not really kind of uh spoken about too much but we will be going into that next episode where we'll explain to you what's going to be happening and how this is going to change with cow corner and how subscription to our patreon will what benefits you will get from that anyway all it leaves me to say is thank you very much jamie no worries thank you very much james thanks for having me thank you very much john thank you very much indeed for having me pleasure And thank you very much, Joss. Cheers, James. Good to speak. I'll speak to you next time. And we'll see you guys. And thank you very much, you, the listeners, for listening in. And we'll see you on the next episode of the Cow Corner Podcast. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 